0: This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Uh, On this
1: podcast, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, We have the skeleton crew tonight. Uh, Chris is having some water issues at his home, and it sounds pretty intense. Yeah, it sounds like he's got a lot going on over there right now. Mark uh, is dealing with some back issues, so we hope Mark gets better soon. Uh, He said he was having a hard time sitting, standing in one place for very long, so
0: kind of hard to do a podcast when those are your issues
1: yeah it sounds like sciatica
0: oh yeah definitely
1: yeah i mean he's been over all the time tying i've been having the same not quite as bad i've hurt mine pretty bad before but uh it's i tweaked mine doing a little bit of work in the the svs bathroom uh the restroom i've been building or bathroom i guess and uh or remodeling so tweaked it a little bit been trying to feels pretty good today though when i woke up but uh, hopefully mark gets better soon uh so we have jim franklin on the board and uh we have uh, my dad rick thompson sitting in with us uh i'm jay thompson and on tonight's show we have brian wise as our guest um he does youtube videos of how to's or you know takes you through how to tie tons of different flies fly fishing the ozarks yes he's been he's been doing this stuff for a long long time uh We'll get into talking to him about what goes into making a video and tons of other questions. Uh, we have the F3T coming up. We have our muskie tournament coming up in Kentucky. Uh, topics for tonight. And, uh, but before we get to all that,
2: who are we brought to you by, Dad? Sims Fishing, a Hooks, Cortland's Lines, and Yeti. Friends of the show, we got Ryan
0: Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, our friends over at Muskie Fool, and the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. So speaking of YouTube, uh, Brian puts YouTube videos out a lot. Uh, we put a, We've been putting
1: YouTube videos out.
0: Yeah, I've been um, trying to keep up on it, man, you know, with every everyday life, and, you know, I mean, it's not like we're fully paid fishermen by any means. We still have day jobs, so, I mean, we got to try to work all of this stuff into our daily lives, but I've uh, I got a little bit of time here and there that uh, I've had to really dedicate to sitting down and making sure that we're cranking them out on a regular basis now. I feel like you're starting to really embrace what it
1: is, you know, the SVS feel, um, Oh, yeah. This Some is, of the content yeah. that it was coming out at first was a little, maybe a little more of our serious yeah. uh, fishing talk and what we were doing. Uh, this last one was gold.
0: Oh, it was just straight shenanigans.
1: I'm, uh, it was Chris and uh, Jim and I. Uh, my wife joins us in this segment. Uh, boy, I, I was, I had come from a Christmas party. I was pretty loose already. I was wearing a Christmas <laughs> fishing shirt and uh, a Santa hat. So I was looking very festive uh, in the video. But it was, it was a lot of fun. And, it, you know, that's what makes our podcast fun. Yeah. You know, we shoot from the hip a little. We have a lot of fun. We're not here to... If there, you want to listen to a, you know, very serious podcast, a fly fishing
0: podcast, they're out there. This isn't one of them. Yeah. We I, like I, humor. I caught on really, really quick. This is all about uh, the in-between over here. Yeah. That not that the important part? Yeah. You got to have fun. I mean if you're not having fun, and you're not enjoying yourself. I mean what the what the heck are you
1: doing? Fly fishing is just th- something we do. It's all the in-between stuff that's the important stuff. Meeting people, spending time with your friends, spending time with, you know, you a, pops, up
2: a, yeah, up a camp and oh, stuff like that. I'll yeah, there, I'll, catching some natives and I'll just yeah, blast.
1: Even, you know, the yeah. muskie tournament that we have at camp, you know, that's that's the f- being at the camp, eating the food. That you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So we try to show a little bit of that
0: on the on the YouTube videos and I really enjoyed the last one. You did a great job. I, get, I guess in a sense I I know what to look for now. And I, I know what I'm fishing for in all the video that we're doing. I mean, don't get me wrong, we could put on a full video podcast. We could do that, but we'd rather just give you guys little windows as to what it's really like over here in in the SVS studio. And you know, if and people on YouTube if you found us there or whatever
1: it be, you know, it's nice they can Okay, well if I I like that I can listen to those guys
0: for a couple hours. We did have a guy comment on one of our previous videos that said our bourbon shelf's looking pretty sad. Well, it doesn't that stuff doesn't last long
1: when you put it around guys like us. Yeah, it's fair. I've been uh trying to, well, my boss boss bought me the last bottle, so that was nice and the other guy who works with me bought me the bottle before that, so co-workers are making me an alcoholic.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure it's the co-workers.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey. I got to blame it on somebody else other than myself, right? Mm. So <clears throat> for you, like, how much time are you putting into the YouTube thing? Are you like, how much time does it take you to get a, our 10-minute clip out?
0: Well, I mean, uh, whenever we, I just started doing the YouTube stuff for us, whenever I took over... Um, it was, it was kind of difficult at first cause I mean, I had to learn how to do all this stuff myself, you know, I mean, it's not like I, I mean, I took video editing in high school for, you know, two years, but it's nothing like we have now back then, you know, the video cameras that we were using, you had to put a videotape in them. So, I mean, a lot has changed and, uh, a lot's, you know, a little simpler. So, I mean, a lot of what has changed is better, but I mean, take it for an example, whenever I do our intro. Okay, so you know how we got our our logo, and we got Sims. That took Sims sending me recordings, me downloading them onto my Mac, and then turning that into its own little clip. So I have those saved now. So whenever I first made those, a couple minutes apiece for the intro, for the outro, but now they're saved. So it's just kind of cut and paste, but everything that we videotape, I'd say the biggest bulk of my time is watching through it all again, which I enjoy it. Because I mean, I pick. I remember stuff that like, oh yeah, that was hilarious. And then you know, I write it down on my notepad and make a little time time clock of it. But I would say total to get a ten minute episode out. I mean, I'm into it for probably anywhere from thirty to forty five minutes. Whenever I first started it, I mean, it was a little over an hour. But I mean, it's starting to get a little bit easier because you know you get repetitious with what you're doing. Going into
1: the future, I would like, and I have, we all have uh, GoPros. So we can all catch some footage. I, I would like to do a little more on the water footage and mixed in with you know I clips agree. of the podcast um just so people can you know we're out there. we're doing it. we really we are we're in the outdoors very consistently this past week, uh, a little less and in, in the future coming up here, probably even uh, a little less unless you're gonna be ice fishing, which I don't know if it's going to last long enough to get ice or not. We'll have to see about it's that. Gonna,
0: it's gonna be cold this week. bad, very cold.
1: It was, I wish I would have got the chance to fish Friday. I feel like Friday would have been a good day to maybe for the Erie Tribs or uh, even trout fishing or that, anything really. If Because if you had temperatures that were up and we had got water. You know, we got a lot of rain that one day. It rained forever. What was it, Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Um. So it felt like, you know, if you could have got out Friday, that would have been a good day to fish. Because Saturday came a lot, way too cold to fish. And uh, now we're sitting here at Sunday, and it's freezing what we're at eleven right now outside, yeah, it was 11 and it's whenever like, uh, I pulled in, yeah, and like negative it feels like negative four mm-hmm. so <clears throat> it's good for the deer though, man I'm pumped yeah I, we're gonna get we're gonna get into that even yeah. I was just gonna say that's uh I was gonna segue into uh they changed the football game, you know. Did you hear about this? I know you're not a big football guy, Jim. I mean, yeah,
0: I heard about it, bits and pieces. Yeah,
1: so we're from Yinzer country. Uh, We've talked about this. I'm not a Steelers fan. I'm having a heart attack right now because Dallas is getting just the shit kicked out of them. So it's it's hurting. Um, But they changed the Steeler-Buffalo-Bills game. And, Dad, you've been watching football for ever. Ever since I knew growing up, we watched football. Right. So... Have you ever seen anything like this a foot of snow in Buffalo or a foot of snow anywhere for that matter I mean what Dallas and Green Bay played in the what is it the I can't remember what they went over today uh earlier have to have the one where they you know it's on the frozen tundra frozen, yeah, frozen yeah you tundra, know yeah and,
2: yeah
1: uh Green Bay to yeah. win the second Super Bowl or something or whatever it had been but uh
2: yeah, you I've, ever seen them change I've, a game like that? I've never heard. I've never heard of, and you know, I haven't seen it in my life that I've seen something where they had to change a game because of weather, you know, a thunderstorm, something like that. You know what I mean? They may, you know, hold uh, hold it for a while, you know, hold the game up, whatever. But never just cancel a game before it even uh, begin to start. Yeah, I'm, a- pre- I'm pretty sure what that's what
0: Badgersville is for. That's what I said.
1: I
2: said this is football.
0: Yeah, I mean, it come isn't, on, it's a it's a fall to winter sport.
1: Isn't the point? of playing in Buffalo, the chance that you might get to go up there, have to go up there in a foot of snow, mm-hmm. in the freezing cold, They if they if and they're building a new stadium without a dome, which they could have put a dome over it if they wanted to, but they think, said, no, that's Buffalo weather. You have to come play in Buffalo weather. Do you
0: think the reason that they don't put a dome in Buffalo is because of the weight of the snow that they get up there? That did happen to the Minnesota, I think it was, the, was that the Superdome? That they had in Minnesota,
1: I think they built a new one since, but or put a new roof over whatever it was since. But the Superdome collapsed because of the weight of the snow in Minnesota. I don't know. There's got to be enough, you know. I mean, Jesus, the architecture—they're making these things. Make it heated. It's billion dollars. I mean, b- b- more probably more than billion dollars stadium. You know, I don't know. Anyway, I, I've never seen anything like it. I thought it was kind of crappy that it was a governor of all people. It wasn't like Roger Goodell came out and said. We're going to cancel this game.
2: Right. Look at the Kansas City game. I mean, it was zero to minus 40 degrees there. And, uh, you know, and they still played, you know.
1: Everybody seemed fine. I don't know. I, and uh, I I immediately when I heard the news, I'm, I'm texting, you know, our buddies from Buffalo. You know, I'm texting Evans, Ryan Evans. I'm texting Torgy. Uh What do you guys think of this? You know, what do you think about, you know, just them postponing the game, the, you know, them taking that you're, I mean, it's still going to be freezing cold, but sure. it, there's not going to be a foot and a half of snow to have to deal with, which I think is a cool thing. I don't know. Either way, hey, at least they're still playing the game. I mean, they have to, right, at some point. Yep. <laughs> <There's no> yep. <laughs> even if you put it somewhere else, which would really be stupid. I mean, we're, they're what, it's a four-hour drive?
2: From yeah, from yeah. Probably Pittsburgh to hours, Buffalo? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: think we can make it work. Uh, moving on, Jim, you haven't hunted the last two days, have you, in this freezing
0: 45-mile-an-hour uh, wind? I haven't hunted for since gun season, and my reason is I'm after one specific animal, and I haven't seen them, so there's no reason for me to go.
1: Like you, an animal being, you're... After one specific deer that you know is has giant horns on it. And
0: I have two that I'll that I'll take, but there's one that I really want. He's probably about 150 inch eight point, but he's super, super wide. He's not real tall tined, but the mass that he carries on his main beams is just ridiculous. And I have a little bit of history with that deer. I, I seen him last year. I didn't get a chance to really hunt him last year because he kind of moved off. But I think now that he's getting to be an older deer, he... he Spent the whole... Bigger this year than last? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is his biggest rack he's had. So that's what really makes me think he's, he's at least six years old. But um, he summered with me. He spent all of early season with me. And typically, at least in my experience, whenever you have a large deer like that that summers with you and spends the early season with you, he's usually using that for bedding and because of the food sources that are there. So in these late weather, he's going to come back. So even if he travels and I have pictures of him on a completely different parcel, that's like a mile and a half down the road. He, I mean, he's a roamer. Sure. But well, especially times of year, but it's historically every, every year, if I have a big one that's summering with me over on this one particular spot, he's always back there in the wintertime. I don't know what it is or why they go back, but it's just how they pattern out. So, um,
1: you know, the last two days were be pretty crappy in a cradle uh, swinging around in that tree, you'd have been, you'd have, been, you'd have looked like a kite. Oh, yeah, yeah it would have been
0: tree stand <laughs> rodeo for sure.
1: Yeah, so uh, in that situation, will you take like your normal climber out to stay a little more attached or will you just still stick with the.
0: I'll stick with the saddle. Do you? I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it, you feel every bit of wind when you're up there in a the saddle because you're fixed directly to the tree. You don't, you're not, it's not like you're sitting on a frame or anything like that. You have a sling underneath you. But. I mean, look at it this way: if the tree falls over because of the wind, I mean, you're just gonna swing around like a ball on a chain, and you're gonna smack the ground, and your problems are over anyway. So, oh, either way, it would be terrible. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'm hugging really close to this bedding area right now. I haven't hunted. I haven't gone in there. I only need to change batteries in the camera and, and just to make sure that you know everything's operable. But I'm waiting. I took a couple days off work. We got this really, really big cold front. Fortunately, in Ohio, we're allowed to bow hunt until February. So, hunt on Sundays and bow hunt until February, which is great. And Yeah, we're all just in Pennsylvania. It's
1: just small game right now. I think just small game till Turkey.
2: Arch- Arch- I know archery, there was, archery went out already?
1: I'm not sure. I should look, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was one week or two Because it was muzzleloader. And we have a late archery muzzleloader season as well, but I'm not sure if it's went out or not. I would imagine it did, because if not... Adam would have probably been out. Yeah. And he's been duck hunting. So, but,
0: but, uh, yeah, I got the We got this cold front coming in. We got the snow last night. It's going to be cold for, you know, the next week. We're, I mean, whatever snow's out there, it's going to stay now. I mean, it's not going to be warm enough to melt it off at all throughout the week. So, I'm going to really focus on watching the cameras tonight. I'm hoping that he comes in tonight. I know he's in the area because I have another eight point that's like a two year old that showed up. And he was on the camera every night. And then out of nowhere, he's got a side broke off. And it's broke off right above his brow time. So he's getting into a scrap with something. I got a lot of young does in there. So I'm hoping that the younger does, one of them going to pop into estrus with this cold front that's coming in. And that's all it takes. We'll have him slip up once. We can mess up a thousand times. I only need him to mess up once.
1: It's got to be the mentality.
0: I, I think Tuesday is going to be probably my best chance. Because, I mean, weather going into Wednesday, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's going to be cold, but the weather is, it's kind of flip flopping. Tuesday, it's going to be warm throughout the morning, and then it's going to drop off going into the evening. And then Wednesday, it's going to be the opposite. It's going to be colder in the morning, and then as the evening and afternoon goes on, it's going to be warmer. So they're not going to be moving as much on Wednesday in the evening. I don't think that they will on Tuesday. So um, speaking of archery, and we'll go, you can go more into that,
1: but uh you know you have to, you're not using your broadheads, right yeah <laughs> I'm just yeah uh, just messing with you um that and uh you know Take usually, the light knocks off. usually the uh the arrows that I use for archery uh shooting like target shooting
0: you shooting fatties,
1: oh yeah, yeah, because that's could be the difference between a ten and an eight mm.
0: what are yours uh like twelve <coughs> millimeters or something oh, they're huge, big aluminum things, yeah. It's awesome. Just
1: shooting a Greyhound bus through the air, huh? Oh, yeah. It's only 20 yards, so it only has to go fast for so long. Yeah. I'm shooting those, uh, the FMJs. I have the Eastons. the feather knocks, or the feather uh, fletchings. Sorry. Oh, man. You're going,
0: wow. Oh, yeah. You're in only it. Only for... what they do to you over there last year? What, archery? Maybe? Yeah. I'm, shit, shooting, I'm all about archery league, man. Shooting feathers and everything? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Not Not out in the woods.
0: Whenever I go in there, Bart- whenever I do go in there, though... And Dan is working. Dan's great. He is great. He's awesome. I love Dan. I've known him for quite quite some time. We shoot at uh, we shoot at Golden Grain. Yeah, Golden Grain Archery. Yes. But uh, every time I walk in there and he's working, he's always like, "Haha, oh, what are you buying?" So I mean, I go in there and I spend some money every now and again.
1: So you know them already as oh, well. Yeah. That's good. At least yeah, in, yeah. they're awesome. I, I love uh, Deanne. We we've done so much work at their house as well because they use our construction company to do everything.
0: So it's awesome. They're really nice people. I uh I met Dan on the car sales front. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he uh, he came and shopped with me, looking at a Silverado, and then Mark sold him a Tundra. <laughs> so what a douche! Hey, I would have did it if I was him. I mean, look at what I drive. I work at a Ford dealership. We celebrate Toyotathon in my house. <laughs> I'm a big Toyota fan.
1: I yeah. love the Toyotas. Yeah, me too. So your buddy, um, he killed a. Giant, giant, uh, giant deer, giant. like a like uh, one that would be like about the same as Dave's, very close, similar size yeah. deer to Dave's deer, and, and you know what? It's so funny because they're all and Jace killed a monster as well in that same area. Like, I mean, we're talking it's a that's pretty far from each other, but I mean that's all just It's still Trumbull County. G- I yeah, mean, Trumb- Trumbull exactly. County. Period. Yeah, we'll just say Trumbull County, Ohio, and it's it's you know all kind of. we're not going to call them urban deer but they're not they're more acclimated to people than (laughs) they're
0: not yeah they're living in places where you know I'm hunting they see cars and people I'm hunting based off of the fact that the deer above me on the ridge that's all that's up there is houses that's safety for them they know the people that live in those houses aren't going to bother them they could smell everything that's coming up the hill to them so that's where they bed safety on both ends so
1: yeah I, I know Jace Last two years has gotten nice bucks in places where, oh, you just wouldn't think they would be there, and they
0: just they hang out in these areas where nobody really goes. Yeah, my buddy Jesse, he's a, he's got a horseshoe shoved so far up his ass, it's ridiculous. He shoots a giant every year. I mean, that's the perks of having your own property, though. How how much property he have? Uh, I don't know exactly, but if I was to have to take a guess, I bet you it's at least 50, 60 acres. Oh, okay, wow, that's. I mean, it's a healthy chunk. I mean, it's not like he's just got a strip behind his house. But, I mean, he manages them, and, you know, he's very picky. He only shoots really, really old deer. I mean, every deer that he's got on his wall, and he's got a ton of them. I mean, they're all five years or older. That deer that he just shot, he told me, he showed me pictures of that deer whenever he came to turn his lease in. Like, back in October, he's like, this is the only deer I want. I'm not going hunting again until I get a chance at him. He had a video of him making a scrape in the middle of the day, and he was there with me. He was kind of mad about it. But... He, uh, he, same thing, man. He just, he has a plan and he sticks to it. And he went out on the right weather in the right pattern. And he told me that the the buck actually came in with his nose right underneath the doe's ass. Like there's still rutting out there. I think our weather being so screwy, I think that second rut's pushing later. So, you know what I was asking you and, uh, it's
1: kind of wondering about was, you know, I would figure that deer would start dropping their horns. You know what? Now till maybe like the end of
0: February, they could be anywhere between now. But I mean, dude, I've got pictures of bucks with having full racks in April. I mean, it's just it, it really it just depends. Sheesh. I mean, I'm sure the weather plays a big part to it. I mean, nutrition is probably the biggest factor in when they lose them or not. But I mean, we got a lot of agriculture around by where I hunt so I mean we got soybeans corn I mean they have their choice so I think that might be why we held them a little bit longer but again I've also had years where it's January 5th and I got a giant that's missing a complete side right at the pedicle Hmm. you uh I'm sorry I was I was I was starting to
1: delve into Uh, a little uh, bit of the game I was losing my concentration here it's
0: right, I seen it's okay you're allowed
1: Uh, so you know, when you're, when you're going out there, you know, how much time do you actually think you'll be able to spend in the tree in this weather? And what are you wearing, I mean, honestly, to be in this weather for, you know, if you're going to sit in a tree stand, you're probably going
0: to sit there for five, six hours, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, say if I'm, cause I won't hunt in the mornings. Because, I mean, right now, I mean, I'm mainly focusing on a food source. So, I mean, if you go to try to hunt a food source in the morning, your likelihood of bumping a deer out of there walking to the stand is 10 times more than it is going in in the evening because they're already bedded. So, I don't hunt the mornings in the late season just because, I mean, again, we got technology now. We're not cavemen. We got, you know, trail cameras that send pictures to your phone and it tells me, okay, if there's deer in there until 6.30 in the morning, it gets daylight a little after 7.00. I mean, what really, where'd the deer go whenever he walked off the camera? Did he go over by your stand set up? Did he go back in the thicket? You don't know after that camera's done taking pictures. You got to kind of use your imagination. So I don't like hunting in the morning just because I I know that if you have a big deer, like a big mature deer, if you bump them, it's over. You're going to get one shot at them. That's it. And if you miss, better luck next year. Because he's not coming back, especially if he's an older deer, you know, in that five to six year old range, and you know he's sporting a giant rack on him, you're going to have one opportunity at him, and you just got to make sure it's perfect. So, uh, moving off uh, the hunting tip,
1: um, and good luck for the next couple days. I mean, hey, I'm uh, going to give her her hell, man. I hope you get. I I hope to see a picture while I'm at work this week of a giant deer with Jim Franklin. I hope
0: you guys get a picture at like seven thirty eight o'clock somewhere between the next couple of days in the evening and me just showing you a dark picture of me holding a giant rack.
2: There you go.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and Tuesday,
1: uh, both of us got sick. Uh, yeah, we were, um, you might hear a little bit residual hanging in with me. Uh, dude, Tuesday I woke, or Tuesday I woke up and I felt like a total bag of dog shit. So, I called the boss and not going to work. I uh, called Archery and said, Hey, I'm not going to be there. I talked to you. And you were like, Dude, I feel like crap as well. So, yeah, it you was, know, and it's, Tuesday was rough. You're so close with every other guy while you're shooting, and you don't want to go in there and get a bunch of people sick. You know, no reason yeah. for that. And I, right. a lot of stuff's been going around. Uh, f- everybody, everybody I know, there were half, the, half the league wasn't there. I bet. Um, one one g- guy, uh, our buddy Johnny, he had COVID, Chad was sick with the flu, uh, he wasn't there, Bruce wasn't there, uh, I mean, there was a lot of guys out, so, stuff going around, hey, eh, missed this week, but uh, it's all right. first two weeks are just, uh,
0: you get, know, getting the rhythm,
1: yeah, it's, uh, they're, um, you gotta get your sheesh, uh, like bowling. average. your average, average. Yeah, yeah, thanks dad, yeah, you did average week for the first two weeks, I missed the first week last week year, and we got second place, just because My average was just the one week. And then you start to... Your average changes. So as your average kind of follows you throughout the year. So if you keep shooting better, your average changes to be higher. You know what I mean? Throughout the year. So like by the end of the year last year, I was shooting into the 400s or so. And now my average is way higher. I shot like crap the last week and shot lower than I should have. Like 25 lower than I should have. And
0: Have you shot your bow yet?
1: I haven't shot my bow since... I shot over the summer like th- I probably shot
0: fifteen shots one day over the summer, and I didn't. And I didn't shot again. I want to say the last time that I shot my bow was like the weekend after the Beast. I think that was the last time that I shot my compound. Mine was this summer sometime. But That's alright. It's fine, dude.
1: You'll stop doing that. You'll you'll get a uh, sorry. I'm yelling at Dak Prescott. Um, you'll. You'll get lots of lots of shots at at, at archery league. Yeah, you this, know, you're shooting 50 times probably a night. Yeah, this is
0: all new to me. So like I'm I'm looking forward to it. This is the first time I'm gonna step into the I the know actual uh, archery league.
1: I know last year, I uh, the first week, boy, I was like I was shooting and uh, the my bow was turned up a little bit, you know, and I was like, uh, and it was already turned low,
0: and <laughs> I'm like, uh, what are you shooting at right now? I have no idea. I'm really low. I think I'm like... I mean, don't get me wrong. For my limbs, I'm maxed out, but I've gone from shooting 70-pound limbs to I went back to 60s, so I think I'm pulling like 62, 63. Yeah. And it's nothing crazy. I The 70-pound limbs, I just... I, I got away from them, man. I
1: think the bottom end of mine is somewhere in that area, probably 50-something, 57, 60-something. I don't
0: know. I'm in like the 280s with a 60-pound bow. I don't need to do much else. I mean... 280 with a hunting arrow. That's pretty quick. Yeah, I again. I'm shooting uh, the Hoyt, the carbon G13. Mm -hmm.
1: I think it is right. Yeah. G3. G3. You got
0: the Element. Yeah. Element 3G.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Element. Yeah. That's what it is. I got the nice
0: bow. I got the carbon spider.
1: Okay. I know my buddy. He's uh, he was bugging me for a hat. What's the newest one they have? I was telling, I had the hat. It's upstairs. Oh, oh the new, the newest. Oh, he's I, I bugging d- me for that. I might just give it to
0: him because I really don't like the way it fits. What is it? The, the uh, RX three. Yeah.
1: Yeah. RX seven. Is it? It's a seven. I, uh, listen, I think it's a
0: seven. I, I try to avoid looking at the new bows that are out there right now because it's just going to be something else I buy. I had a hot streak there for like probably four or five years. I had a new bow like every six, seven months because I was just so into it. And, I mean, I'm like, oh, I want to go shoot this one. And then I'd go to an archery shop and I'd shoot this one. And then I'd be like, oh, I don't want to really buy that. And then I buy it and then I'm trying to sell the other one. And then my dad usually ends up. Picking up all of the ones that I sell on at a heavily discounted price. You're welcome, Dad. But he got, he went to a crossbow now, so he's not picking any of them up. Yeah, huh? and he bought that off me too. It was huh. like a thousand dollar crossbow, and he's like, "What do you want for it?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, you're my dad." And I'm like, "I don't know. Give me five hundred bucks." And then he's like, "Done." And he Done. gets and he gets something that's a, like not even a full year old, and it's just hunt ready.
1: Uh the guy I bought mine off of. It was used, but uh, a good friend who just. Again, he's one of those guys, you know, he likes to have, and he's, he's really into it a lot more than I am. I don't, so. mi-
0: I don't mind hooking my pops up because my dad likes to go to a lot of those like wild game dinners and like gun raffles and stuff, and he wins guns that he's never going to use, and then I end up with them. Like a, you know, a $1,400 Howa 22-250 that he's never going to shoot at anything, and now it's my coyote gun. Thank you, gun raffle. Heck, you can't beat that as long as it ends up in your hands, right? I'm trying to get a carbine off him right now that he just got. Oh, nice. I'm trying. He's laughing at the fact that I'm trying, but I'm trying.
1: So, since uh, we have two guys in here that love steelhead fishing, and, you know, uh, Chris and Mark really don't steelhead fish at all. I don't as much as I used to, but I think, uh, you know, spring, if I'm going to steelhead fish, I'm probably not going to go in October, but I'm probably going to go in March or May, you know, April. That time of year, probably not May, May's a little far off, but April, March, March is a great time. It's probably my favorite time to steelhead fish, so, you know, things, looking in...
0: Things are starting to get green and starting to butt up a little bit, and it's not as cold in the morning. And you get, uh, Ohio streams seem to really heat up that time of year, and they're really
1: good, and they're fun. Uh, big fish in the in the streams, so, you know, going into the spring season, like, what are things that you guys are looking forward to... Uh, As far as the steelhead
0: game goes. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I I love steelhead fishing, but it's just, it's one of those things. Like, again, like I talked about earlier with, like, even editing. Like, we work full-time jobs. It's finding the time to be able to go do it. But whenever I do, I got a, a handful of rivers that I could go to, a lot of creeks. And I really like to fish those, you know, shallow gravel beds in the spring. Right? Drops off into, like, a little pool in a pocket. I don't need to fish a deep pool like you're winter fishing because they tend to hold a little bit deeper whenever it's super cold out. But you catch them right whenever they're getting ready to spawn, man, and it's just it's game on.
1: You get a lot of that. There's a, the Manistee run as well that comes through, and big, big fish. Uh, you know, you get a little bit of high water, especially that time of year is very uh, common. So um, I, I like it. Uh, we I like to go up to – there's a few trips in the Cleveland area that are – Really awesome. Uh, used last few years, a few years ago, we went at least once a year, twice a season maybe. Um, I don't think we went at all last year, did we?
2: No, we didn't go last year. Uh-uh.
1: And I uh, used to meet Fly Swinger and a couple other fellas up there. Maybe we'll have to get a hold of those guys and put one of those trips together.
0: Yeah, you got to show me how to use a float.
1: Yeah, getting to that, yeah, and uh, even just the drift. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, you know, I... W- With you, you you were throwing small streamers and kind of just swinging and stripping them across the... Swinging and stripping, that's pretty much it, and it's worked out for me so far. Uh, Me, if I'm going to steelhead fish, I fish with an indicator. Not always, but nine times out of ten, I'm fishing with an indicator, I I, want to find the drift, Uh, and it... The thing that it helps with is most, we all know, most steelhead, most trout are on the bottom. They're sitting on the bottom eating, probably in that situation, eggs, maybe small minnows, whatever it be. I'm I'm always more of a, I like a small streamer and an egg pattern mixed, you know, thrown can't, together.
0: Can't go wrong with a black woolly bugger. Yeah,
1: I, I'm i an olive guy. I like an olive bead-headed woolly bugger. Uh, that's my go-to uh, if I'm going to throw, especially for like the eerie tribs. Uh, white defs always work. You oh, know the right? white de-
2: white defs are real good. Yeah, they work for just about anything.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great fly. Um, but even to go into the drift thing, you know, uh, you you're you're setting yourself up at a ninety degree angle now, because you're you're almost going back to your pinner days, and don't 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 go too far. But uh, the way you're setting up a little bit of weight and setting yourself up at that ninety in the same way a pinner would you know now you're once you hit your indicator now your your fly line or your 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 i'm sorry your mono or your whatever line you're using is going down straight to the bottom or you know wherever you're putting it
2: putting your weight wherever you're putting yeah. your weight and,
1: and it 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 creates that angle similar to what you did with your pin you know by creating that now you're creating a drift you know you can create a drift you know where whatever is you're using is suspended below you. And is is running at the same speed as the current and that's you know by and with fly fishing a little different than you know with the pinning, you just throw it out there you can and, and the reel creates no drag, so your float floats nicely where with a fly rod, you know you're doing it, depending on how the current works, you could be mending above the f- indicator um, to create less uh, drag pulling your indicator in towards you or away from you to create a good drift. You know, if you have a belly or a slow water in front of you, you might be doing maybe even a down, downward mend to drag your fly a little with that current. Depends on how, you know, every... The situation. Every situation is a little bit different, but, you know, that's kind of, you know, my idea or the idea I think, you know, and it's all the same. You know, the fish are all in the same places. It's just finding a way to get your fly down to the bottom with them and in the in the fall the swinging works really well because the fish will want to move these winter months you go up there now even though you get enough
0: yeah they're just sitting down there yeah. they're just waiting
1: especially now it's really deadly now because oh, yeah. you could you know slow drift something to a fish that you're going to feed them instead of them having to move to feed
2: it's a presentation too you know you got to make sure that you you get to fly down there but the way your fly looks the way your fly moves in the water the way you know all those different things there's a lot of factors into you know not just the drift but what's there and what's your sh- what you're drifting down to the fish too as well
1: oh yeah that's you know selection selection is uh, and especially a fly selection in those situations being whether it's a clear day if it's totally clear you're going to want to run a sm- probably something very small you know nymph yeah something. nymphs uh, smaller egg patterns shy
0: tippet yes
1: yes yes shy tippets you know you get the dirtier water you know we're throwing 12 twelve pound test down there, bud, with a with a a beach ball <laughs> as oh, your right. as your you know as your fly. Uh but yeah, it it's I like spring steelheading heading. It is fun. You know, you can get some of those warmer days. The fish are starting to get a little more you get a nice warm rain. Fish get a little more pep to their step again. You know, you go up there now if you get a day and the fish are gonna be sluggish. You know you're gonna be they're but down.
2: They're down in the holes right now. Yeah. You know, when the spring comes, the water comes up. They're in the riffles, and catching them in the riffles is, you know, especially throwing a a nice fly down through there. It, even without an indicator, just swinging it more or less down through there, those riffles and stuff. Man, they, you you catch some nice fish like oh, that. Oh yeah, I've had you know. quite
0: a few days at the beginning of last year just
1: swinging March, through
2: showers, March, early April, yeah. April.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you might even get lucky and get a smallmouth. That'd
2: be cool. Yeah. Uh, a little early, you but Go yeah.
0: go over to Cleveland, and you can get the uh, April May, the uh, the bronze, gold, and silver challenge. Catch a walleye and a steelhead and a smallie all on the same day.
2: What did you catch all in the same day? You caught a
0: muskie,
2: um, oh, <coughs> smallmouth, yeah. and a trout.
0: That was on the uh,
1: that was on the steel or the trout float. Yeah, muskie. <laughs> I lost two brookies too, which was uh, really pissed me off because that would have been even better if I'd have caught two brookies, a brown. Smallmouth and a musky on the same float, same say, water You can't, can't too. catch them all, right? Yeah. Hey, what are you gonna do? Took me two lost fish to catch one, but so <coughs> so there's uh we're gonna move on from that even, and we're gonna do a little bit of talk of uh the learning curve for fly tying, and uh, with you being more of a novice fly tire, and we're having a guest on tonight. That was actually
0: that's one of one of my little questions I'm gonna have for our guest.
1: That you know he. If you go to his videos, it, it they're pretty much he be, lays them out really well. Uh, and I, it's I went
0: down the rabbit hole. And
1: I uh, I like what I see. I got some questions for him. And uh, th- that's the that's one of the things. Uh, you know, it, once you get the basics of the fly tying down, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but you know, tying material to the hook and being able to tie a fly that stays together, you know, that is going to be able to catch more than one fish. I think that's the most important thing. You know, you, once you learn to adhere material to a hook well, now you can start going down the wormhole and, you know, learning more flies and learning this pattern. And man, I'd like to learn how to do that pattern. You know, I'd like to try to, you know, then you, then you work all your way all the way to, now I'm going to learn to try to spin deer hair or I'm going to try to learn to, you know, cut a wedge head or things of that nature way down the road. But, you know, for the starts of it all, uh, Brian's videos are awesome. They, were, they are just phenomenal the way he puts them together. You know, he
0: they're, they're not overbearing either. Like, I've seen some videos where, like, there's so much going on and so much information that's just getting slapped on you, and you're trying to pay attention to what his hands are doing, and you're probably sitting in a chair g- going, okay, I'm going I'm to try to do this way, this way. Hold on, I got to back up the video. I got to back up the video. I mean, I really like his approach. I mean, not a lot. Of, not a lot of time spent on things that don't matter.
1: Yes, I uh, yeah. I don't think it really. Like he he'll tell you what material he's using, but he's not gonna. Yeah, it's not over. Overly, you don't hear a lot of him. You know, it's mostly the, the techno music, and uh, just kind of what he's doing. You know, as far as,
0: putting the fly together. He does look like he could be a techno DJ. W-
1: who was the one? Uh, Sheesh, there was another... Oh, gosh. Moby, it was way back... You're probably too young for that. You wouldn't remember him. He was uh, mentioned in an Eminem song. Yes. Moby. Was it Moby? Was it just Moby? Was that his name?
0: Yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about.
1: I mean, you know, you can kind of see the similarities. Smaller, bald guy. I'm sorry, Brian. (laughs) Sorry, we we, we compared you to Moby. Um, Looking forward to that, but, you know, the... Again, even the early learning curve to fly tying, like I was saying, um, start with small things. You know, I think that starting with smaller flies, you know, starting with wooly buggers, your uh, clouser minnows, simple things. I'm
0: tying circus peanuts right now, man.
1: There you go. That's that's something that I mean,
0: But that's a that's a step up. Exactly. I started with the buggers and. Now it's just going up a little bit. I did the peanut envies for a little bit. Now I'm into a circus peanut. I mean, I'm just, I'm working my way up to, to the other things, but I'm also I'm learning a lot of different techniques at the same time while I'm doing it.
1: Those are all great steps to take too, because, you know, your circus peanut or your peanut envy almost like a double woolly bugger. Mm-hmm. But now you're learning your articulation and what's going to hold, what's not going to hold, you know, and you probably hear what Mark and I like or how we like to do it. And usually it's, I, I prefer steel, steel, wire or or coated steel wire um where some people like mono i i've only had trouble with it
0: breaking you know over periods of time i was using uh the just you know spare section i was using the cortland the 30 pound and that worked perfect oh yeah and it's it's nice and um i could just foresee if you're using mono and if you don't if you have that one fish on any given day i feel like you could lose your whole back half of your fly to a pike easy if you use mono
1: I've had one that I've just used for so long that it's just gotten the crap beat out of it over smallmouth, and lost the back up. end of a changer. or just, I mean, not even with their teeth, just with that metal, you know, the next shank pulling and pulling and pulling and it's now it's, this is metal against mono, metal against mono, metal, you know, for so long and just getting tugged on and tugged on and tugged on it, it you know, and I'm talking on it probably gave. give it, you know, pulling on snags, fish, everything else I'd had it on for half a season. You know, a small mile, so... But after a while, I, it did give. Maybe drying my flies, that would help, but I i don't know. I, I just yeah. prefer the wire. I mean, usually I end up losing the fly before the wire ever gives out. So... But that's always been my preference.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm good for river donations, too, on articulated flies.
1: The boat helps to be able to usually retrieve a lot of them, but that's a... Going back to the steps you're taking, and now you're working yourselves up to, like, a
0: circus peanut, that's... The perfect way to go. Yeah, I'm just climbing the ladder and then... I mean, it's seasonal, too. I mean, I'm looking at it this way. I mean, if I need musky flies... I mean, that's what we're fishing for right now is musky. Mark's my guy. Yeah, sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. I got a couple of my own musky flies that I've tied. But you're right. Starting off small is way better than going big. Because whenever you start off big and you just start slapping material on a hook... You're going to end up with a hook that's just got a bunch of material slapped on it, and it's going to have no action, and it's not going to fish because you don't know what you're doing to get to that point. I even
1: started smaller than that, where I was, you know, when I was a young, we started tying nymphs, and it was nymphs, egg patterns, nymphs, woolly buggers, but even a lot of, like, really getting into tying a lot, learning to tie, you know, hares ears and pheasant tails and, you know, midges and all these different things on these little itty-bitty hooks every wrap of thread made that fly have a different profile. Mm. So now you're really, like, conscious about your thread wraps. And so when you move up to bigger flies, even into musky flies, your flies look so much cleaner. They don't look horrendous, like I see some guys. You know, they look, I mean, like, marks are wonderful. Mark has tied every kind of fly for years and years and years, like myself. and it's. But they look so clean because you were so worried about, I mean so many thread wraps on a head of a, you know, a little nymph can make all the difference and you're yeah. not trying to crowd a tiny, tiny, tiny little eye of a hook, you know, with thread and it's, it definitely teaches you to uh, tie a cleaner fly in my opinion uh, and it's helped me out a ton. Uh, Dad doesn't really tie too too much. He'll tie his egg patterns, and that's about where he sticks.
2: Yep, that's it. I, you know these old guys. You know they got their old stuff that they did, and they just don't just don't change. That's it. But hey, but I got I got a son, a young son was just that has a podcast that ties flies and does all that. So, why do I need to do? It? Yeah.
0: Hey, <laughs> I, I need. I not know what? He
2: could spend the money now, like I did on him back. then. I need yeah. a
0: half a dozen I'm game on, changers. Why? Because I'm your father. That's why.
1: <laughs> oh sure, he gets whatever's in the box. Uh, I don't know. I've, I I appreciate the. Uh, the, the young, the young thing. Yeah, sure. All I'll right. take that for now. Yeah, young. I, I don't feel so young, but yeah, uh, I it, it is. It's it's giving it back, paying it forward. But, uh you know, if anybody's in my raft, you know, they're usually welcome to anything that's in the box. Use it if you got it. I mean, hey, let's use them. They're not going to do any good sitting in there, right? Yeah, let's use them up.
0: You don't know if it works until you throw it out there.
1: And hey, next thing you know, you're going to be buying shanks and uh,
0: tying game changers. I really want a raft. You really want a raft? I really want a raft. Mark want, Mark told me to get a two-man instead of a three-man. You should. I think
1: I want one. Dad's buddy's want. been talking about a two-man as well. Uh, yes. Our, our buddy, Uncle Brian.
2: Yeah, Brian Hunter. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I'd like... Man, hey, a two-man would be cool because it'd be really light if you didn't have the guys to go and it was just two people. Oh, how much... How how cumbersome is it for you and Mark to get his boat out sometimes? That, that's a heavy boat. It is. It's heavy. It, I mean, unless you're putting it in where places where it's easy enough to just pull out of the back of the truck which, and slide right which in. Which,
0: fishing with Mark, I mean, that's like one out of every six.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Even mine, I mean, we're dragging it all around. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard
2: to find places sometimes. You know, you mm-hmm. just want to pop in a certain place, and you only got so much time, so many hours to do it, and you got to get the float done. And, you know, it's, it's a little strategic, and you got to park in some places that... You know, they're n- undesirable places, for sure. It that makes
0: them convenient, though. That's for sure. I uh, could, I could just see myself having a ton of fun during the summer and in the spring on our local river that we have here. Mm-hmm. I mean, real close to home. Don't got to worry about you know having guides or anything like that. So
1: that was something the this year. I you know I want to get to a little more as well. Is uh, I know the three of us actually got to fish together once this past year. I think it was once. Oh, we're, doing, all three that. Of us we're in a, doing that again. All three of us in the same boat. Yeah, right, right. we got a hybrid. Uh, that was a ton of fun. I mean, it was a, it was about as crappy a day as you could be out in the water, other they, than they were hit. Other the, than we were catching fish. And yeah, I mean, that makes were, every day not eating, crappy, right? Right. Yeah. That's a nice hybrid you got that day, Dad.
2: Yeah. What did you end up catching that one on? Um, I caught him on a white. Uh, were you fishing a D and D? No, actually, it was on it was it was on an, it was an olive. I think it was on an ol- olive deer. I thought
1: it was on a pink uh, leggy boy, but I could be wrong.
0: You also called it every fish that's in the lake. I did. I
2: did. Every you species, watch that video.
0: Every species uh, got ramble.
1: Yeah.
2: It, 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 Jason's seen it come up to the top of the water, so, and it was on the other side of the bridge, so we, we ended up heading over there. It's
0: a channel cat. It's a gar. And
2: <laughs> I said, go ahead. I said, you've seen it. it go was. ahead. Start throwing at it. He, he must have made like five or six casts, and I said, yeah, you know what? Let me give it a try. I threw out. I think the second cast, and I hooked him. And uh, yeah. all I heard was,
1: "There it, he is!" It was either a cha- Oh That
2: yeah, that sounds like him.
1: It was either a changer or a leggy boy.
2: Yeah, I think it was a game changer. It yeah. might have been one of the white the white, white game changers.
1: Yeah. I think it was. So, yeah, shad style. <laughs> Heck yeah, that I'm was ready. a lot of fun. I want to do that again. Yeah. it'll
0: be here sooner than you think, too. I mean, it's, yeah, it was in April last I year. I mean, we're already almost into February. I mean, January is half over, so.
1: Oh, this is the time of year, and I know you and Mark like the musky fish and do your thing. And I got to get out with you here, but gosh, sometimes I just feel like I could just put my head down through this little bit of, and just get me to, get me to March, late March and April,
0: and that's when a lot of the fun starts for us. It's a lot of uh, being alone with your thoughts, sitting on a frozen musky bank, just strip, strip, figure eight. And then you miss that one fish, and then you're really mad.
1: Well that's last year you got a lot of your footage uh Oh it was all the, winter. Yeah when all a, winter yeah I don't know when that when you got that figure eight eat uh was but uh that was some of the coolest footage it was, we've ever had. It was January. See yeah, it's January's this time of yeah. year. Maybe we'll have to go figure eight up a muskie here soon. We could do that. But hey, uh on that note, we're gonna take a break and we were gonna come back with Brian Wise. Hey, we're back with Brian Wise of Fly Fishing the Ozarks. Uh, It's been a while. How's it going, guys? Glad to have you back on the show, man. It's like I said, it's been a little while, uh, and uh, we had to. Man, you've been putting out so many great videos. We just had to have you back on.
3: (laughs) I don't know about that, but yeah, I can come and talk to you guys for a little while, and I don't know. I I can, I can pretend like, I I've started something new since you guys talked to me last, and we can we can we can talk in circles for days. (laughs)
1: That's my, that's my, uh, that's my M.O., man. (laughs) I love talking in circles. (laughs) Well, uh, hey, let's get us started with, uh, you know, what goes into making a Brian Wise fly fishing tutorial video?
3: Oh, so like... I should say fly tying, sorry. (laughs) That's okay. So, like, I have, I have a few different types of videos that I do. I, I do my my bread and butter is, is probably the the whole sped up streamer tying video. Um, I, I tell people, I really hate to put it this way, but I've had so many people tell me uh, I was kind of like the first one to do this, you know, like, like nine years ago or something like that. I did. I took a, a really long fly that took like 30 minutes to tie and I sped it up and added stupid music to it. And, and you know that's that's where i that's where i started and and i still do that like um i'll I'll sit down and i'll find a fly that i'm gonna that i know i'm gonna film and i'll sit down and tie a bunch of them and get a good feel for that fly and um you know I'll, i'll be dead honest i may or may not have ever fished the fly but when you've when you've done this stuff for as long as I have, you kind of get a feel for what flies will swim and what flies are just kind of eh, maybe or maybe not, <laughs> if if you know what I mean. A show fly. So, right, right, right. Some of those some of those that grab the fisherman rather than the fish. And I am, I am, I am just like all the way through fisherman first. That's just kind of that's just kind of my thing. I, I don't like not a big gimmicky guy and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm going to find a fly that, that is, is going to catch fish. Like, and, and I'm one of those people that thinks that, you know, fish are stupid. <laughs> if you throw like the biggest or the tiniest or the most stupid looking fly in the water, especially rainbow trout, will they're going to eat it. So yeah, there's very little that a fish is not going to eat, but Ugly I, fish. Find...
1: Oh, I was going to say ugly fish catch flies every day, right?
3: Ugly fish
1: absolutely or, or catch f- f- flies. Or, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, ugly flies catch fish every day. I'm, I am tongue-tied. Sheesh. Oh. You
3: need that tattooed on your, on your, like, <laughs> uh, on your back, you know?
1: <laughs> I have some other bad tattoos. So uh, a couple good ones, a couple bad ones. I can definitely get another one on my back. A tramp stamp of that, right? Ooh. That'd be the way to go, right? That would. Be, I mean, that mean that would catch, be good. Would ugly catch. Ugly Yeah. You. Ugly fish catch flies every day. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll
0: see it you whenever you're
3: rowing. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, like like uh, it's, I I I I find all these flies. I've got a list. I still have a a pretty big list. It's actually starting to dwindle down now. And I need to, I need to sit down and find a whole bunch more. But um so I find these flies I I tie a bunch of them I film it uh I go through the whole editing process and then obviously I throw it on YouTube and and you know it does what it does there. Um one of the one of the cooler things that I've been doing recently are my product spotlight videos and that's why like for your listeners I totally ignored the first like two phone calls from you guys because I was editing <laughs> and I actually I didn't edit. I didn't, I didn't ignore you. I promise I, <laughs> my phone was, the ringer was off and I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, whatever's going on that I looked. I was like, Oh crap. So, but no, I, um, the, the product spotlight videos are, are actually really cool and may ha- are quickly turning into my most popular videos, like pretty easily over the last six or eight months. Um, like view wise and how long people watch these videos is way longer than any of the other videos i've ever done so it's it's really cool it's it's a lot more of me talking because in my like the tying videos when i'm just tying and it's all sped up and stuff and it's set to music i don't do that much talking but like in my product spotlight video it's like a talking head video like you have to see me and i'm i apologize for that, so much, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, I mean, it kind of depends on which which videos and and uh, which ones I'm sitting down to do at that at that second, actually. So,
0: so since you spend as much time as you do editing, I mean, I I I'm dabble in the video myself. What kind of editor are you running? I mean, what what's your
3: setup? It's, <laughs> so I so I started with all of the the um i i actually need to take like a step back because i i started off kind of editing video with like windows movie maker like in 1933 it seems like (laughs) um and uh and i i moved on into like some other stuff because i did a little bit of like tv work and and stuff like that with some fishing shows so I went – I've gone, like, the full circle. I've, I've been through um, all the, like, high-end editing software and, and stuff like that. And I'll just be dead honest with you. I despise all the really expensive high-end editing software. Uh, like, like, I, I just – I hate it. I it, they crash all the time, and I, so I use a a really really cheap software. It's called PowerDirector. Um, it's a CyberLink product. Um, it is it is no frills, but you can do cool stuff with it, um, and it's it's great. It is really really good, and it's like I don't know sixty bucks a year or something like that. I mean, it's it's so far from. You know, having to get on with Adobe, and I'm not trying to like bash a product out there, but I'll bash Adobe in the. <laughs>
0: oh, you you can bash the... them all you'd like. I'm I'm the same. Oh my all, gosh! I switched from them myself. I'm a, It's
3: horrible. It's just gonna. All it does this crash. I'm using. Come
0: on. I'm using DaVinci Pro right now. Yep. I, I've da Vinci been through DaVinci. Okay. Yeah, it's simple. I, I've, it's I've left been through right. and it Just it dumps it, it down for me because I mean I'm new to this to this ball game, so. <laughs>
3: It's fantastic, and it's also you can expand as far as you want to go with that because, like, major movies have been edited with Da Vinci. Oh, like,
0: the, l- the, legit. It, it's like sky's the limit. I mean, if you mm-hmm. really want to dive into it, I mean, you can do a lot in that program.
3: It's incredible. It really, really is.
0: <laughs> so uh, back, to, back to you and your editing. Um, what kind of time, I mean, do you consume? I mean, obviously from everything that you just told us, we know that you're spending a lot of time on it, but what portion of your life is actually editing versus doing the tying and making
3: the video? It, you know, like the editing side of things, I've got my, like the streamer tying videos down because they're, they're pretty short. I've got those down to where I can edit, I can get one of those completely edited, not shot, not including shooting it, but completely edited and thumbnail edited and uploaded to YouTube in three hours maybe somewhere around there um the product spotlight videos are a totally different beasts like I sat down at maybe oh, 10 30 this morning to start filming and I'm maybe a third of the way through my edit and the filming only took I don't know an hour hour and a half so I mean it's it that's a that's a long thing I I tend to have. Um, I don't. You're not going to see me with any clip that's longer than like 10 seconds usually. So what I do is I I kill all the um or a lot of the ums and stupid stuff out there. Um, and and so I I have these edits that are. I, I say a 10 minute video may have 220 250 jump cuts. So like that many different cuts through a, you know, that, that long of a video. So that editing takes a long time, but I'm just not willing to bend on, on my style. I'm just not. So yeah, I got to take one for the team (laughs) and, and, uh, and, and put in some time, some long time on the editing staring at the computer and <laughs> you know that type of stuff.
0: That many jump cuts, man. I feel your pain. I was finishing up uh we went to um uh, my girlfriend, her side of the family, there was a wedding we went to and I filmed it for him and uh I did a little thing at like the very end of their wedding where I sent around a GoPro and everybody, you know, talked into it and said something to the oh, bride cool. and the groom. Man, boy, I gotta tell you, there is a lot of people that don't know how to use a GoPro. You got, you got people talking into it and everything. I've seen up people's noses, you know. I've looked at their teeth really, really up close, but as far as the actual cuts that just go from like one person talking to the next, I had to do about 25 of those. So I can only imagine doing that many cuts.
3: Yeah, it's it is my timeline ends up looking like I don't know. It 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 looks like somebody has absolutely no clue what they're doing editing video or they're like spielberg <laughs> there's i don't think there's anything in between and it's like <laughs> it's like oh my gosh i've taken like screenshots and like sent them to people that were like hey you know just people that ask questions you know and and i love it so much um and they're like hey I just would like to know what your timeline looks like and Somebody starts talking timeline, and I'm like, okay, this person actually kind of has an idea about editing. And then I send them I, several people, and they're like, oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's just I I don't really work in layers; I just work in cuts, and it is a bunch.
1: <laughs> so uh, the music how <clears throat> how did you get to picking the Dubstep or whatever I don't know is it techno music whatever <laughs> like was is that what you listen to in your car or you know no okay. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just for videos?
3: Yeah right so so like I, I, when I when I first started doing this um I I gotta I gotta step back to like way before like the videos that you see now I I I first started doing these videos and and i thought you know this is ridiculous and like nobody everybody does these these boring videos is this old guy sitting there telling you how to wrap thread around a hook and it just drove me absolutely crazy you know this monotone voice of just the same thing it's like there's zero entertainment value in this (laughs) i don't i'm gonna learn i might learn something but I'm not going to crack a smile one time <laughs> and, and it being me, I despise that. I just can't do that. So the, one of the, the first several videos I did, I actually set them to like songs from weird Al. If you're too young, you don't know who weird Al is, but he's like a, he's like a parody guy. He takes songs and, and does parodies of them and makes them funny. And so I would sit like, one of my tying videos to a weird owl song or something like that. And, uh, and then it got to where it was like, Oh, well, yeah. Copyrights mm-hmm. tend to <laughs> get involved there. And then, um, after a while, whenever you get to a certain point, uh, you become like a quote unquote YouTube partner and they can, they can take stuff away from you if you do this too much. So I really had to start watching, you know the copyrights and and everything like that. So, I went to I knew I I knew I couldn't set it to like the music I listened to. Like I'm a give me some like, like some Turnpike Troubadours or oh, some yeah. Tyler Childers there or you, you know that you know that that type of stuff. That is me to a T. I will never, ever listen to like, dubstep or anything like that in my car. Now, are you uh? I you will, mean you have to
1: be in like the what mid forties then range?
3: Yeah, I'm right at that. I'm I'm 43. Okay,
1: yeah, I'm 40. Yeah, I'm no Weird Al Yankovic is right in the wheelhouse there. You know, (laughs) homage paradise. You know, it's living in the fridge exactly. You know, oh that was was awesome. I I I keep telling my buddy, I'm like, dude, we need to come back. We need to start making some Weird Al music. Uh, There's nobody doing that stuff nowadays. We need that. We need it to come back.
3: It. I totally totally agree.
1: (laughs) But oh, that the Childress and all that is yeah, that's great music. Uh, So you just use that techno because it's something that you can use and you don't I guess there are no rights on any yeah. of it
3: well I mean I, I guess I could set my my tying videos to like orchestra music no, uh, I guess I could no, no it's not as good <laughs> you know? no. but it's like it, it wouldn't work you know if you speed something up you typically need something that's a little faster and a little bit more in your face um, I've I've kind of backed away from the whole really wild dubstep stuff. I really kind of went off the chain for a little while. Whenever we whenever we're talking dubstep, I was I was going with like really hardcore dubstep stuff for a little while. Uh, some of it was some of it was actually pretty cool, but um, I've kind of backed off that and and kind of come into more of a more of a just a a sound something that's filling the space and um not something that's like too in your face i guess
1: so uh another question i have is uh so what why do you choose the flies you choose to uh you know to make videos of
3: number one i think they're cool i'm never gonna do a video of a fly that i don't have confidence in and th- that I think is just I'm, I'm not going to shoot a video of something I don't think is cool. I mean it's just it's just all there is to it. There's a lot of stuff out there and and most of the time just about almost every fly can find something I like about it but I, I don't want to put something out there that is like I said earlier I don't want to p- put something out there that's gimmicky or or anything like that, because we, we do have a lot of kind of gimmicky stuff that comes and goes in the fly tying world. And, and, and I, and I've, I've, I've kind of seen some of it come and go and, and I'm, I'm close enough with some distributors and everything like that, that I kind of know what is, what the way the, the fly tying world is, is going, you know, the direction things are kind of taking. And I don't want to put something out there that is, Kind of cool, right? This second, and in a week and a half, it's gonna be you know lame and stupid. You know, I like I like stuff that is is kind of tried and true, and cool. I just like cool flies. That's I mean, just all there is to it.
0: Oh, I love them. Uh, go ahead. So, uh, speaking of cool flies, we actually have one of our uh, very good friends of the podcast at. Ad- at, reached out to me and wanted me to ask you a question how did you come up with the knucklehead and what went into designing that
3: ah that was okay from
0: mr zach buchanan
3: okay well zach i um the, number one i i was I'm, I'm a former guide i guided for for 20 years um and i went through the whole streamer game i was i was lucky i'm i'm really really lucky that i live in a place i'm i'm 30 minutes away from bull shoals dam which is the the dam that starts the white river in arkansas i mean that like one of the birthplaces of true big streamer fishing and so i've seen a lot of flies come and go and there was always things that I didn't like about flies. I, you know, a double deceiver being one of my staples, and to this day, one of my staples. Um, but you, it's, it's, a double deceiver is completely made out of bucktail, and, or a bucktail and, you know, some flash and some other stuff. But, like, bucktail being a natural material, you can tie like 12 of the exact same double deceivers, and you'll have two of them that just don't swim right. They, they just, they don't swim right. I don't, something, something's funky with, uh, proportions. I, I don't know. I, have just never really figured that out. So what I mean by swimming, right. Is a, a, especially like a double deceiver when you strip it, it'll come in and then it'll fall over on its side. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, I like a fly that falls over on its side. It's, it's, it's pretending like a, or it's acting like a, you know, like a wounded bait fish. And this is where I disagree. <clears throat> like a, a wounded fish is just not gonna just is not gonna go really fast and then just like literally flip over straight on its side <laughs> you know where one eye is looking at the bottom and one eye is looking at the top of the river um they, they just don't they don't do that they'll they'll kick and and stuff but either way when a fly falls on its side it's not going to swim the way you want it to swim and that's the, and I think that's ninety percent of this game, you know. If 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 a if a fly that you're stripping, you're watching this fly all day long, and it's just not doing cool things, your mind is going to wander, and as soon as your mind wanders, it, you're going to get an eat, and you're not going <laughs> to be ready for it. So I'm a guy that truly believes in if you see a fly that you think is cool and it swims the way you want it to swim in the water, you'll fish it better, you'll fish it longer. And that all that does is if you get two more casts out of a fly, it could be the cast that, that is the fish of your life. So what I what, – whenever the knucklehead started to – I'd had this fly kind of in my head for a couple years, but it, it just never came together. And then um, Drew Chacon, uh, he's a, a phenomenal fly tire. I'm just, he's out of Florida – um put a lot of stuff out there and he put out this stuff called fettuccine foam and as soon as I saw fettuccine foam I knew what I was going to do with it and I knew that I was going to have several flies lined up to to do this um so what it does is I make a head out of it's almost like stacking deer here but it's with foam, with little foam strips, literally ran through like a fettuccine machine. Like you take two millimeter craft foam and run it through a fettuccine fettuccine machine and and you start tying flies with it. So it flares and and it acts, it almost acts like deer hair, but it's way easier to use, like way, way easier. So um, what that does is I tie it on top of the fly okay and if the top of the fly is pretty buoyant then your fly will always swim right does that make sense like the keel of a fly um the keel being like how a boat sits in the water um if a boat is not like if the if a boat doesn't float on top it's going to fall over on its side if it doesn't have enough weight underneath it's going to fall over on its side right so that's the whole purpose behind the knucklehead. The whole the whole purpose behind the knucklehead is I know for a fact that every single one of these that I tie is going to swim the way I want it to swim because it's forced to. Like it's buoyant on top, but it has a, it has the hook weight underneath. So it's going to swim right. It it cannot swim wrong and it that, and that's just that's my whole point. Uh, but that and the, the knuckle deep was one that um, I knew I wanted to go deeper, so I did a deeper fly. That's it's got it's got dumbbell eyes in it, and uh, it's it's tied with heavier material. So, uh, but the same concept still mm-hmm. applies. I I know those flies are going to swim right, and period.
1: They're going to be uh, thrown on intermediate to sinking lines. Uh, that's still oh, meant yeah. to go underneath and just be a uh, the the foam is to be buoyancy.
3: Exactly. Like when, now when you think of, when you think of foam, uh, most people think of like a popper head or something like this. And, and these, these strips are not going to act like a popper head per se. I mean, they can, if you want them to, uh, I'm not going to put enough on a fly where it's going to make it completely float. Uh, it's just, it's going to even itself out and, <clears throat> and everything like that. So, so yeah, you know, when you start saying like foam, people think float. And, and so what what I like to call is a push-pull effect. So like you're going to use at least an intermediate line with it. Uh, but I'll go to like a 3-inch per second. A 3-inch per second line is, is kind of my, my happy place. Um, but like a 6-inch per second or a 9. I've fished a 9-inch per second line um with this fly so what you have is is a fly that is is fairly neutrally buoyant with a line that's that wants to drag it down so it's it's there's a there's a push and pull effect so you have this this line that's pulling it down while the fly doesn't want to extremely go down so that gives cool movement you know if there's if there's something battling something just think of it like a lip on a crankbait you know if that lip wasn't on a crankbait that would be the most boring thing to fish through the water it would i mean it wouldn't even do much and it's a it's a push pull effect it, there's 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 differences in in how things are happening with the weight of the line and the buoyancy of of a fly and it's it cool things happen when you have extreme opposites underwater working together
0: so How many, uh, so it's saying tying both of those, how many variants of that fly do you think that you've tied to get to where it's exactly what you want?
3: The, believe it or not, the knucklehead itself, uh, was very few. Um, I probably had it 90% figured out in a weekend. I just knew it, you know, I died. You when you when you fished as many of these streamers as as we fished at for at that point I we'd been fishing them for almost maybe almost ten years and I had been through tons and tons of flies you know I, I and I tied <laughs> hundreds of dozens of them and and I just knew what I knew what was going to happen when I did this uh, I just, I didn't know exact materials. That was that's kind of the hard part, you know. I, I knew I wanted something easy to cast, um, and the knucklehead itself is a is a dart. I mean, it doesn't weigh anything. There's no added weight besides the weight of the hooks, um, and it and it does. It's cast like a dart. It, it ends up being about seven inches long, but you can throw it on a six weight pretty easily. Uh, but in the water, it's it's made out of craft fur and it expands, and it's just it's good stuff. So I I I knew. I knew what was going to happen when I put this, this foam on this, on this fly. I I just, I knew what was going to happen. Um, I needed, I I did get to where I needed to add some bulk to it. Uh, my first, I think my first, uh, my first shot at it was 100%, um, craft fur with some like polar Neil, just add a little bit of flash and then like the head and, it got really skinny really quick so i had to add some bulk so i, I put some palmer marabou in there and uh that created some shoulders and and then from that point i was i was done I, I was done fished it for i fished it for about a year and then um i sent it into montana fly company and they they jumped on it right off the bat and and yeah so and the knuckle deep which is the like the deeper version i didn't tie that many of it because of the same thing i knew i wanted a fly that was gonna that was gonna sink faster than the original knucklehead because there's times when you just you need something that's gonna go deeper quicker and um so i needed to cover that and did and love that fly still love that fly it's a good um, name
0: too. It's, it's it's a clever name. Yeah, I was just about <laughs> to say the names of these flies are getting ridiculous, man. I mean, I get it. They are. I get it, but at the same time, like. Well, Kelly started a lot of that too yeah. with the,
1: some of the. Oh, that Kelly started flies. it yeah, all. Yeah, he sure did.
3: <laughs> you talk about a degenerate. That, that that dude is the degenerate of all the de- degenerates, and I love him to death.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we we uh we went out and did a a guided trip out there with the slide in it was a lot of fun got to meet Kelly it was it was a lot of fun he's he's a good guy we could have sat there and talked for hours they were, the guys are dragging us out of the shop and you know Kelly oh, yeah. still talking away we're just still pecking, bullshitting pecking away. his away yeah, we're yeah. just talking away with them and it's just a ton of fun
3: but did you get to meet Johnny while you were out there i did
1: because no i oh, we 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 uh see. we were with uh we were with Jordan oh okay okay and um uh, they and they had uh my brother in law and his dad, they were with, oh gosh, I can't think of the kid's name right now. Um, Bragg. Daniel Bragg,
3: I think it was. Oh, I've heard the name. Yeah. 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 So, it was
1: a lot of fun. Tons of fish. It was, oh man, it was brown trout. Yeah, after brown yeah. trout, a big rainbow. It was It was pretty cool. Yeah, after 40, hour, cool. 40 mile an hour
2: winds. And yeah, it was, it, uh, the, yeah, and it was the was river was going fun. so,
1: but it was, we caught a ton <laughs> and we moved a long way, but a uh, ton of fun <laughs> out there. Uh, but yeah, good trial it's finish. a different
3: world. Oh,
1: beautiful! We we did Yellowstone, but we were there. That, that oh, cool! Yes. Yeah, so, but um, speaking of like you and your innovation, uh, we're gonna get to something that you're you're gonna be innovating soon. But uh, any innovations that you've seen, you know, doing this for so long that have really stuck out or really you know or you've used a lot in the last twenty years with material, whatever it be.
3: You know. Just being honest with you, um, if you start talking innovation without throwing the name blind Chocolate out there, you are hitting yourself. <laughs> that's just... That's all there is to it. Be all, end all. Anything that Blaine touches is different and new and legit. Like, Like, that dude... I think he's a I I think he may be like Rain Man, you know? Um <laughs> he, he may be like kinda of like Rainman as as in the fact that I, I, he's a savant. I, I don't know how somebody can come up with the stuff that he comes up with. It's phenomenal. The game changer platform is is literally <laughs> It's such a cliche. Do I have to even say it? It
1: no, it's one of my, my favorite. <laughs> yeah,
3: I use you know, it, it really did. Um, and and those shanks, specifically the shanks, you know, and 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 does and and, 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 and and sculpting a fly off of those shanks and uh, it just it was, it's absolutely ridiculous. Easily, easily since I've been tying. Big streamers and and or streamers or maybe since I've been tying at all, the Game Changer platform is the most innovative thing that I have seen come across fly fishing in twenty five, oof, more than that years now.
1: Yeah, it's it's one that's in my arsenal. I I love it. I'm either throwing a Klauser minnow or a Game Changer. I, I game mean, changers are phenomenal. Whether they even really, be, really are. Like even the Leggy Boy is like a you know that's kind of a version of a Game Changer. Oh totally, uh, and totally. that's another fly that's just I put in the arsenal this year specifically tying oh, a bunch man. of them, and they we had banger
0: days with yeah, leggy boys. Yeah, this they year. they
1: killed pretty good for us. So uh, yeah, yeah, they
3: are they're dirty, dirty, dirty flies. But Super the, cool.
1: The shanks are awesome. But uh,
0: yeah. So had, uh, to kind of wrap up, you know, designing all these flies and everything, uh, you kind of filled us in. You got something new coming that you would like to talk about. I do.
3: So like, I, I've i had this fly in my head for the last, I don't know, year, it, it kind of comes and goes, you know, just you know, one of those things that is just a just like a tickle in my brain. And so, so I decided a few weeks ago, I decided that I was going to from start to finish do a video series on designing a fly and so and i'm so serious about it that i've not sketched this fly yet i can see it in my head Uh, i've not put pen to paper as to you know proportions what it's going to look like and anything like that because i want to do it on the youtube channel i I want to i want to do this from the very beginning to the very end so like Basically, I'm gonna start filming tomorrow um, on this whole thing. I I don't know how many I don't know how many episodes it'll be. I honestly have no clue because that's kind of the 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 beast of this all. It it may flop. This fly may suck, <laughs> but but we're gonna go through the process of of what's in my head and why it's in my head, and then. Um, then we're going to bounce to like picking the 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 hook and then materials and then true designing and then tying it and failing and then uh, so yeah I'm 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 planning on all this and I I don't know exactly when it's going to drop I want some of these in the quiver before before I'm before I start putting them out there but um, I would say within the next 2 or 3 weeks there's going to be the first video dropping And, um, you know, I don't, this is one of those series that is as much for me as it is for everybody else. Uh, I've had so many people ask about the, you know, the design process and, and everything like that. And, and you can only tell people so much about designing a fly versus just flat out showing them every step of the way. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do it. And and it's new, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm like giddy, kind of stupidly excited about it. But I like I said, I I'm also like this big pessimist. I I really am. I'm like uh, this this thing. It's probably not even gonna work. And blah blah. I know it's gonna swim. <laughs> I know it's gonna swim. Um, but you know we're gonna we're gonna. I hope we run into some things during this process that that don't work right because. I want to show people how to fix the things that don't work, and you know, I just, I just, I kind, of, I really, really dig the fly tying side of things and and the interest intricacies that that go along with it. So, and
1: I was gonna. I ask, just like okay. to help
3: people out, you know. That's that's ninety percent of what I do.
1: Will you go through like fishing, or even just not even fishing, but putting the fly through the water throughout the process of the videos? and maybe sure, coming back I, to the you know the drawing board and saying okay that didn't work we're going to change this to this
3: exactly yep okay. i mean in a perfect world i throw this fly together and it's perfect right off the bat but but then there's reality <laughs> and and i very seriously doubt that i for in all seriousness i really hope for for the people that watch this stuff and can get something out of it I really do hope that that's not the case. I really do hope that we have to go back to the drawing board a little bit and kind of, kind of figure some stuff out. Um, I, I, there's, there's two iterations of this fly that are in my head and I don't know if one of them is going to work. If one of them works, it is going to be really, really cool. Um, but I don't know if that's going to work or not. So, you know, we're going to design it, put it together, fish it, uh, probably swim it, you know, first, in uh, in like the fit in the the swim tank, you know, uh, just kind of get a feel for that, just a little bit of R and D before you actually get on the water with it, you know, and then do some little tweaks if we need to from the the swim tank, and then you know literally taking it to the river and going from there. So, yeah, all the way to if, if when I send it in to Montana Fly Company and they send it back and laugh at me,
1: <laughs> we can't make this.
3: Yeah, right. It's, what, what, this is stupid. Why is Try again. Go do something else.
1: Go <laughs> make some dubstep videos, huh? Um, exactly. <laughs> so after all the years that you've been doing this stuff, um, you know, what keeps you going? What keeps you interested in just making these videos, helping people out, uh, is people reaching out to you? Is it, you know, the amount of viewers or, you know, what makes you tick? <laughs>
3: If, if I didn't have any people, anybody watching my videos, ooh, I'd like to say if I didn't have anybody watching my videos, I'd still make them. That, I don't, I, I wouldn't. Um, it is it is more along the lines of, what can I show people that they may not know? Or um, showing people something they've hopefully never seen before. It, it It's literally for the people and, and And what's so, what's kind of crazy is I have, like, there's, there's a, there's a handful of people that whenever, like, I'm not notified of every comment that hits my video or anything like that. But when I go through comments and, and see, I see some of the same names that I have seen for years. And that is so cool. You know, with, with, with one or two people that watch these videos, I, I. I think it's really neat that I can help somebody over a over 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 a process that they may not feel super comfortable with, or um, you know, show them something brand new that they would like to try or get excited about. And that's, I mean, that's that's ultimately why I do it. I mean, it really, really is. I I really, really like helping people. Um, that. I, I never I never thought that I would be any kind of teacher at all I uh, like I, I, like in my mind I don't see myself as being any kind of teacher but I'm kind of good at it I, I, re- I really am on this side of things I'll give myself credit I'm, I'm kind of good at it so I mean take any kind of something that I'm good at and help somebody with it yeah I mean that's a that's a no-brainer.
0: you saved me from throwing away a bunch of marabou in the future. <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> are you talking like the bad marabou that looks like yeah. the bird just shit all over it <laughs> uh, right yeah, yeah. you get
0: like half a bag of them yeah <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> and so many people tell me about that that's part of like whenever i go to like tying shows or something like that i'm gonna be in uh fort wayne indiana in about a month and i bet no not even a month That's that's sneaking up on me and i bet the the weather is going to be beautiful up there but um, but like, uh, uh, that's part of the process that I'll do. Like whenever I do these, these sit down, uh, in person, like tying demos and, and everything like that, I have some tips. And that's, that's one of the first tips that I go to is the, the fix the Marabou. And everybody loves it. They're like, what? Yeah.
1: So speaking of that, uh, what, you know, do you do a circuit throughout the winter weather uh, of shows? And I know there's a lot of uh, just uh, tying. Like there's uh, what does um, Schultz does the one tying in the hood or whatever. That, and it's yeah. Like that. Or do you, do you go out, in the hood? Yeah. Do you I mean, do you go out and do like any seminars or anything like that during the
3: winter months? So I, I do. I, I get I get invited to different things at different points uh it all all the way through the year so like um like i said i'm going to fort wayne in february um and but like and and typically we have a a show here real close to me called streamer love fest on the white river Mm -hmm. um it it was actually canceled this year everybody's i i got i got texts today asking about it but yeah it's not happening this year hopefully it'll come back but you know, um, I don't, I haven't done any of the big, big shows. The last time I was at like one of the big shows was when it was like, uh, the casting, I was there for a casting competition whenever, you know, it was super cool to do the, the distance casting with a five weight. Um, so, you know, that, that, that was the last time that I really, really did much of that. But, um, you know, I, I kind of go everywhere, anywhere that anybody invites me to, I'm, I'm game. I'll be down here in, uh, at the Saba ground up in, um, in March. And yeah, so yeah, it's, it's fun. I love doing that stuff. That is, that's a lot of fun.
1: Uh, before we get into a little bit of fly fishing, I have one other question about tying and, uh, just for, uh, for new tires, do you have any, you know, just general information or general, uh, ideas for new tires or the ways they should go into, you know looking at tying or
3: you know you bet so so like i'm somebody this this is going to sound weird for somebody that has a youtube channel <laughs> but like there is you can you can you can learn quote unquote learn anything on youtube right but you can't learn these little intricate um things with fly tying from youtube so like uh, thread tension and just like the stuff that that average everyday fly tires take take for granted that they learned forever ago. You, it, it's really, really hard to learn that stuff if you're just watching YouTube videos. So what I would suggest is find a mentor period. Uh, find a mentor that you can sit down with at the same table and and try to tie some flies. And you know, help have them help you figure at least some beginning things out. Um, If you don't have that, and some people don't, I I I was lucky enough that I kind of had that in the beginning. Um, But if you don't have that, the the main thing I can tell you, and even if you do, the main thing I can tell you is just sit down and tie tons and tons and tons of flies. There's no better way to learn how to do anything than to do it a whole bunch and to and to screw up and to you know have little wins here and there and then and then bomb a fly and break your thread and do all this stuff do all the bad stuff and all the good stuff and you'll learn so much and that just there's no better way to do it
1: yeah i always felt like even with fishing and fly thing in itself it's it's the process is half the fun anyway right Going through the process, totally. having the, uh, the fails and then, you know, going back and then tying it again or trying again and having the, and succeeding the next time and tricking the fish and, oh man, isn't that a great feeling? And, uh, right. but, uh, you, uh, so you, you said you get to fish a lot and you were a guide for 20 years. Uh, do you still get out quite a bit or are you, uh, I know this time of year, no, nobody's getting out. I don't know, is Arkansas warm? I it's cold here in Pennsylvania, I'll tell you that. We're at uh oh. <laughs> we're at like minus I don't know, it's like eleven when we started the podcast and felt like minus five, so Oh yeah, that wind chill right.
3: is real right now.
0: Yeah.
1: So Yeah,
3: we're... we're we're actually in the same boat, and it's very rare for us to wake up like this morning I woke up to minus one, actual air temperature. And that's really rare for us like exceedingly rare so it's just I think it's just cold everywhere right now um, but no I you know when in Arkansas uh, our water our water in cause I'm, I'm actually from extreme southern Missouri but um, but our weather around here we can always fish and we do we'll fish all the way through winter um, fishing on the white turns into, uh, hopefully, or we're kind of, we're kind of, we're at the mercy of a dam, which is good and bad. You know, I, I say, I say good and bad because you know we need, we have to have that dam to have this water that we have and, and all the, everything that comes with it, but, um, at some point it has to do what it has to do. And if there's not a bunch of water and there's not a lot of call for electricity, they may not run a a bunch of water. So what we want them to do is run a bunch of water. And this this, this year, they don't, there's just not tons of water. Um, so we're kind of ran by how much water is, is coming through the dam. And, and I'll be honest, if there's not the water that is coming through the dam that I know I want to fish, eh, I'm not going to go down there. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. Uh, I'll, I'll fish the water whenever I know it's water that I want to fish in the, in the right time. And yeah. So in the winter it's, it's mostly the white river. Uh, we do fish the North fork of the white river and in, in Missouri, which is, which is probably what I would call my, my home river that I, that, that I would really, really cut my teeth on and, and everything like that. And, uh, but yeah, that's I, I. We really, really like the White River, <laughs> just like everybody. Does. Oh,
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's. I mean, it's that's world renowned. You know, uh, brown yeah. trout water there, uh, great fishery. Um, <clears throat> so do you, and seeing that even in certain times of year, is it always for you? Is it always streamer fishing there, or, you know, do you find yourself? Is there a good bug season, and do you find yourself fishing bugs at any time of the year?
3: I <laughs> so I am still of the mindset, and, and this hasn't changed in well over a decade. Um, I'm still of the mindset that I've been lucky enough to hold countless 10-inch rainbow trout. Like I don't even I I couldn't even begin to tell you how many 10, 12, 14-inch rainbow trout I've caught in my life or had. You know, had clients catch and and everything like that, and um, numbers of fish do nothing for me. I, if you promise me, if you promise me that we're gonna go catch a hundred fish in a day, uh, I'll be like, hey, will any of them be a decent fish? <laughs> and and if you know, uh, and if they're not, if there's a if there's a pretty small chance at a decent fish, I'm gonna be banging banks with streamers. I I could I can go for weeks without touching a fish and be totally fine. I, I don't have a problem getting my hat handed to me over and over and over until I get that eat that, you know, we're all looking for. Yeah. I, that's, that's the only thing I'm looking for. I, I don't even, I, I've, I've been let down. I was, I actually just had a, you know how your memories pop up on like, we've got a Google home and like the screen, our, our memory just popped up from the other day. And, uh, it reminded me, like, the first fish I caught in, like, I don't remember, 20, 2019 or something like that was, like, this 25-inch female. And um, I was let down when I hung that fish, when I actually put the – when I sunk the fly into that fish's face. I was let down because I wasn't watching, and I didn't see her blow up on it. And I would just I'm addicted to seeing that fish – do stupid stuff to kill the fly that I'm stripping back to the boat. And and if I don't see it, I'm like, oh, man. I said, oh, man, out loud while I'm fighting a 25-inch female brown trout. And that's wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just – I'm completely, completely addicted to –
1: so no caddis, for you. you're not it. throwing. You're not throwing caddis. You're not throwing any of the. Uh, I don't know any flies that you guys have. That sulfurs or. I'm sure there's everything comes off there, right?
3: Okay. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Sulfurs and caddis and hoppers. There's a there's a great hopper bite. Um, I will, but if the water is right. Oh yeah. I'm I'm probably still gonna be throwing streamers. So I, even sitting there watching a a, a, a caddis hatch that is where you don't want to open your mouth you know that type of thing if the water's right i'm still going to be throwing a, a big streamer <laughs> just that's me that's me through and through I, i'm not guiding anymore you know and and i, and I think i i can just I, that can just that just opens up to i'm going to do what i want to do and you know i and that's that's what i want to do <laughs> really kind of blessed down here to be able to do that and and be able to to catch literally trophy fish all year long.
2: So yeah, this this is Rick, this is Jason's dad. Um mm-hmm. I got a question. What is your what is your go-to fly? Like what's that fly that you know when maybe the stream ain't right, you know, conditions aren't right or whatever, but you know if you put this fly on you're gonna catch fish
3: my, my uh, m- one thing that I will say is in the game that I lean on most which is which really is the big the big streamer game I don't know I'm gonna catch a fish I legitimately don't um, there are times when we know our chances are way better but but even the, even those times you can get blanked flat out but whenever whenever i'm fishing my go-to and it's easy for me to say and i and i really really i really really hope that you know it, it's not a cliche but i'm gonna go to my original knucklehead um that that's the, that's typically gonna be the first fly that i tie on when i'm looking for big trout um i i really really like the way that fish swims it keeps my attention um and like I said earlier, if, if a fly keeps your attention, you'll fish it better, and you'll fish it longer, and you'll fish it more efficiently and consistently. And those three things put together immediately take your, your chances of catching something up a notch. And, and I truly, truly believe that, that if you, if you believe in something and you're down and your head's down and you're going, your chances are way better than somebody that's bored you know, that, that that doesn't get it or, or something like that. So um, my go-to is, is always going to be my knucklehead. A, a close second for big trout is is easily a double deceiver. I, I, I love the swim of a double deceiver. And, and bucktail and how much, you know, on, on the tying side of a double deceiver, how much you can do with a double deceiver, I, I love it. So close second is definitely... Definitely a double deceiver.
0: So, with the knucklehead being your your go-to, is there any particular color scheme that you that you prefer over the other?
3: Anything I can see.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I I I like white. Uh, I like I like white and chartreuse. I like like white and Kelly green and. Um, uh, um, so, cotton candy, which is mostly white, so basic white girl
0: <laughs> colors of the fly fishing world.
3: Totally, totally, totally. Uh, I I really really like being able to see it. I, I you know, th- those times when when I need to make a change from white, I'm like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I want to be able to see it. I want to be able to see the fish eat it. <laughs> For... so. I'm I'm immediately let down whenever I make a change when I when I know I have to make a change and I'm like oh I gotta go to like a black or something and I'm not gonna be able to see it very good (laughs) but yeah that's 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 my go to easily
1: for me it's uh the smallmouth is always a bright color because I always want to see the smallmouth come up and eat I always seem for the natural colors for the trout always seem to work a little bit better for me just personally Uh, I like a D and D or if I'm if it's a little lighter if it's not that muddy I'm gonna go with the uh, uh, peanut envy or maybe circus peanut something oh, yeah. smaller you know lead dumbbells right. or something but yeah all all, all great flies and uh, I lo- <laughs> who doesn't like to watch to eat right
0: that's what right. we do it for man that's what it's <laughs> all about we
1: do you get you get the chance we do uh, a couple of the guys in the podcast do a lot of musky fishing do you get the chance to musky fish at all and. Do you take the chance? Oh, I
3: wish so much. Uh, like, I I truly truly think that if I lived uh, in like the Northwoods, that I couldn't have a family. I couldn't have a job. <laughs> you know, I I think I would be in a different world because
1: Sounds
3: about I right. I yeah I would not stop musky fishing. If I were around musky, oh boy, it would it would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's probably a good thing I'm not, but I have, I, I have musky fished. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, it's it just kind of, it, it, it's almost exactly like our big trout fishing. It, it really, really is. A, a big, huge brown trout is going to act a whole lot like a musky, believe it or not. I know it sounds weird, but like having a, like we've figured it off the side of a drift boat because a trout would just a big brown trout wouldn't stop chasing. I mean you you can almost put an oar on them and they'll still chase that fly to the boat. So I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's so close to it, but uh, the green on you know that green blow up is just oh it's so oh, I can't even, yeah, <laughs> I could give you chills.
1: Oh, definitely. We, uh, now it's kind of the season that, uh, the guys are really getting into them. I got to get out with them as well. Uh, then there's a new muskie tournament in Kentucky, uh, at the end of February. Uh, so that should be a good time. Hopefully it's not too frozen and, uh, we'll be trying to get out and do some muskie fishing in Kentucky. Then
3: you need to send me some info about that. I haven't heard
1: about that one. Oh yeah, definitely. We'll send the info out to you. Um, Oh, I can't think of who's all putting it on. We, uh, we're we going to talk about it here a little bit on the podcast, but I, I will definitely send the info out to you.
3: Yeah, do you? I want to see that.
1: Um, we have uh, F3T coming up. Do you usually uh, go to any of those in your local area? Or
3: Yeah, uh, we've got one that's uh, that's actually really, really cool. Uh, the Cotter Bridge on the White River is this old – they call it the Rainbow Bridge. It's it, It's this old – really pretty bridge that they've they've lit up with LED lights and stuff, but they've done it tactfully. It's really awesome. And um we we have a showing of that on the like the the bridge pilings. So they they use a projector and shoot it onto the bridge for us to watch. It's it's really, really cool. That's so
2: different yeah, oh, yeah, it's
3: it's completely different, and they, they they bring in food trucks and beer, and it's it is it's really really cool.
1: Heck yeah! Uh, uh one of the co-hosts of the show here puts one on in uh, I don't know if you've heard of Franklin, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's in the hills of Pennsylvania, but uh, just a wonderful event as well. Uh, he puts it on at a brewery there. Um, that you can you just put your card in, or you slide a card. Oh yeah, and you you, you just it just. You pour by the ounce and you pay by the ounce. Just you could just swipe your card and
0: it's so hooked many. up to I've your other. Seen it's, one of those yeah. before? So many people it's, leave their cards.
1: Yeah, it's hooked up to your other card. So many people leave their cards. Oh, That's a yeah, horrible it's,
0: place to leave yeah, your well card.
1: That, I mean, you just you know, so it's hooked up to your you know your your bank card or whatever or your credit card and you just swipe and kind of pour it. It's it's fun though. It's it's a good event. It's fun. Um, those are awesome to get to. Yeah, they really are. So uh, we've been had you on for about an hour now or so. Is there anything you want to hit on that we haven't touched on tonight?
3: Uh, Nothing I can think of.
1: So I got one more thing. If um, somebody wants to get a giveaway, because you give away a lot of the flies that you tie in your videos, (laughs) what do people have to do and where do they have to go to find you?
3: okay so so basically I'm, I'm pretty easy to find it's fly fishing the ozarks if you google fly fishing the ozarks you'll find everything you need to find about me um and probably more than you want to know <laughs> but um but but yeah like i do i do giveaways uh almost every single video that i put out and and it has gotten really fun i like at first i was like i don't know if i want to do this for very long but uh, but <laughs> uh, some of the comments i get are really cool so basically all you have to do is like subscribe and comment on any of my videos and um and and that that enters you into a drawing to for me to send you like the flies that i actually tie in the video that's that's one thing that i that's one thing that i i, I really really do is like, the, the the fly that you actually see me tie in the video is the one I'm going to send you. Now, it's not a it's not another one that I tied off camera or anything like that. It's legitimately the one that I tied in the video. And I sent them out and, and some stickers or, you know, just, like, some different stuff. It's It's been a lot of fun. I've had a lot of vendors uh, send in stuff for me to send people to, like, from Sims to Montana Fly Company and Hairline and... All, all these, all, they've all sent me stuff to like. Hey, send these out to your for your freebies, and I was like, oh man. So, yeah, I'm I'm really lucky to get to do what I do. I really am.
1: Uh, we also didn't give uh, get the chance to give you a plug. Um, what kind of vices do you use? Plug your vice too before you go.
3: Oh, I'm a peak guy. So, like, like I'm 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 a peak guy. And I use one of the weird peaks because I'm using like heavy stuff. So I use the peak L-I-R-S. It's the, (laughs) I still can't get over the name of this, this, this vice. The L-I-R-S stands for large iron retention system, which is a, a little, a little out there. I'll be the first to admit it, but there's no other vice that can hold, a big hook as strong as the spice. It can't do it. It just literally is physics. I think it's physics. I don't know. (laughs) I'm probably using the wrong biological. It's sorcery of
0: some kind. There you
3: go.
1: (laughs) But hey, uh, so it's uh, Fly Fishing the Ozarks. Uh, Go check out Brian on YouTube. And uh, it's been great having you on the podcast tonight.
3: I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man.
2: Thanks. Thank
1: you. Hey, we're gonna finish uh our s- this third segment or not finish it, but finish this uh thing up with uh the F three T we have coming up, uh the Muskie tournament and some playoff football. But uh first with the uh upcoming F three T if I'm saying that right, right. F T yeah, F three T. Yep, yeah. that that's Yeah, yep, yeah. you're good. Yeah, there you go. Uh it's the twenty seventh. Um Ours, the the one that Chris is holding, uh, the 27th January, uh, 3 p.m. is the uh, actual movie. The expo starts at 1:30, and this is at the Borough Civic Theater. Um, we had a great time last night ne- last last year's event was awesome.
0: Yeah, Chris did a great job last year, and I can only wait to see what it's going to be like this year. If he's he's a one up from. He's not the kind of guy that's going to stay at the same level as last year. He's gonna do better. I can't wait to see what he comes up with.
1: I think he uh had is having the event a little earlier. Um, maybe so more kids involved or whatever else, and then he wouldn't have the ability to have a you know, a a good
0: after party. Where people would still be around for a little while, it wouldn't be too too late. I'm gonna make it there like right before the film starts. I mean I'm not going to be able to do what I did last year. I got to, we got to be conservative with vacation days. We got, we got fishing trips and stuff. So oh I'm yeah. gonna, I'm just going to hoof it for straight from work and hopefully I can make it there in like 30 minutes or so.
1: Heck yeah. I, I, uh, last year was awesome though. Like we got there, um, and that, like I was talking to Brian, uh, you know, being able to just plug and play with the beers, you know, you, you, it was nice because you could try a beer before you poured yourself a whole beer.
0: You know? Or you could be like you did that one time when you looked away and you just kept filling up a beer and it overflowed. I did do that one time, yeah. Yeah. That was toward the end of the It night. was like a whole solid 65 cents of beer just gone to shit. yeah, That's alcohol abuse, too. Yeah,
1: I've wasted more than that before. No big deal. Hey. It wasn't abusive. They they got their sixty-five cents Mm -hmm. worth of beer, so I didn't get it. But I I think it's a cool. I think that's a cool idea. It was the first time I've ever experienced anything like that. You know, even shoot, I lived in a decent-sized city, Columbus. You know, I never seen anything like that down there. You know, we went out decent bit. Uh, You know, that's kind of a newer thing way of doing things. Uh, What was that brewery? I can't. I know he could. Trails to Ales. Uh, there you go. Trails to Ales. Trails two. to Ales too. Yes. So, believe that's where we'll be out afterwards. Um, an an awesome time. Uh, some of the videos, they're kind of leaking some of the promos for the videos this year. Look pretty awesome.
0: I just hope uh, we get something that's our water related. Yeah, I want, I want something a little closer to home for
1: yes. us. Yes. Last year, I felt like there were a lot of it was a lot of ocean, a lot of things that you know us northeasterners yeah, don't see a lot of. Let's go out in the surf, man. Speaking of this though, and I'm I'll, I'll, I'm gonna switch gears just a little. I saw this Sims video that Sims had on. It was probably on their Instagram or something. Uh, just in this past week, it was bone fishing in Turks and Caicos, and boy. <clears throat> I was talking to my wife, and I was like, hey, we should go there. And she's like, we should go there. That'd be like a honeymoon that we never took. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, we should go there. Like uh, bone fishing in some water that is not... Tap water. Uh, yeah, like that... No, it's that they tap water, man. They never, like, it's not touched by a lot of fishermen, they were saying, and areas that are, you know, kind of untouched. Lots of flats that you could walk and shoot. I was like, man, my wife started really looking into vacation time there for her and I, and I'm like, well, let's do that. If we can actually do that, and I, it's a long shot, but
0: listen, if you're gonna get drugged somewhere by your wife, that's not a bad place. No, I'm taking,
1: I'm taking like yeah. three pair of underwear yeah. <laughs> and my fly rod as my carry on, yeah. and that's it.
0: You're gonna live in board shorts and some oh, some tong th- sandals.
1: Oh, if that dude, oh, let me try to go do that for a couple of days. It would be so much fun watching me get skunked by a bunch of. Smart
0: bonefish. Local man arrested today out on a flat intoxicated. Fishing for bonefish. More news (laughs) at 11.
1: (laughs) Drowned. (laughs) Uh, But uh, that's a lot of what you'll see if you look, uh, you know, you go and you see the FT3s. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff like that. Things that you can go do, you know, and I don't know. I would love to try to venture out one of these days and get into the ocean. Uh, And, you know, those videos, they really give you the you're like, man, I would, you know, they, 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 you know, they give you the oomph inside to like want to go and do it. You're like, oh my gosh, how much fun does that look like? And, you know, and I wish they would do a little more musky, because musky's an exciting fish. Uh, they should do one based around like the guys from Musky Fool or any any these big Northeast or Minnesota, Wisconsin musky guides. That'd be a great video.
0: That's a commitment out of a filming. I mean, that's it's not like, oh, oh let's sure. go catch four or five of them, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're right.
1: Um, speaking of muskie. Yeah. We were having a big uh, talk right before we came back on about the uh, the upcoming muskie tournament. It is a new muskie tournament. Uh, our guest last week, if you want to listen to a little more about it, tune into last week's podcast. Um, we had Dave Huff on. Of uh, the Wolf Rod Company, um, he's one of the guys putting it all together. Uh, awesome! It's it's cool that the fly fishing muskie tournament is is picking up again. It, it, you know, like where one fell or didn't isn't around anymore, in the hardly strictly, you know, they're picking up and doing one in Kentucky instead. So, ready for some
0: southern hospitality. I think we're on the on the verge of having like a triangle here. Of m- heavy there's musky what? tournaments. There's four. I mean, we got Treelands. We got ours. Now we got this one. What's the other one?
1: Uh, there's the Monster Mash in uh, Canada. There's one in Canada.
0: So, I mean, it's just Let's another Put on, like, J. Newell, and I think those guys it. put it on. It's the start of something, man. Like, there's, we got another one.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's It's really awesome. I'm
0: happy to hear it
1: yeah i'm I'm really looking forward to it and and the guys got and uh, i mean we got real serious real quick about it, and you know uh people reached out to us you know to talk about it and uh, you know promote a little and uh we're all about it, you know we're behind anything buddy who's behind us and I mean I can't be more pumped chris got <laughs> i looked at the cabin that Chris got us, oh uh, my God, it's sheesh um it's sweet. It looks awesome. It's got a jacuzzi. Uh, My
0: if truck it's eighteen his degrees. truck and both of our boats are not fitting in that driveway.
1: We'll, we'll figure that out. We'll put the boats in the driveway and the truck's going to be somewhere else.
0: That's a whole lot of equipment.
1: Yeah, I mean, what are we going to do? Yeah, we got to do uh, something.
0: But, hey, regardless of that, that place is beautiful. The yes. amenities in there. That not roughing it at all. No, not one not bit. Not in I the mean, slightest.
1: This, this, yeah. It's the one room has like four beds. There's a few beds that probably. Ha- I think one has its own bathroom, and you know, which obviously Chris is probably getting that yeah. one. Uh, I'll sleep forever. I, I got hit the couch. I don't even <laughs> care, man. Watch Mark get that bedroom. <laughs> 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 you probably will. He'll probably f- find his way in there somehow. Uh, a few flies later, and he's sleeping in the nicest bed in yeah. the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Bribery, right? Right. Get shit away. Yeah. So uh, you said um, Mark and Chris. I mean, teams, are, I heard it's filling up quick. Uh, teams are filling up quick. Uh,
0: they're, they, they got a yinzer on their team. Yeah. A they true yinzer. A, that's what I hear. I hear old Mr. Raz is joined the urban fly cartel.
1: Huh. Boy, I'm 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 kind of disappointed that Raz didn't call me first. And he and he and he just he just Listen, me, ran. you and
0: Raz on a boat, one of us has to be responsible and I'd prefer it not be me. I mean, it is my boat and I have to be responsible well, for Raz it. Raz is good. But I would rather it not be me that's responsible. Well, we all know Chris can't even be responsible
1: for his own boat. At least I can net Wow. Yeah shots fired. Chris, don't listen to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I told him I'm gonna go get like one of them giant foam balls that you'd find at Walmart. And I'm gonna cut a giant X in it with a box cutter and I'm just gonna stuff it over his handle on his throttle. Just so whenever he walks around it he can't catch it on his pocket. <laughs> it's like a baby bumper. I mean,
1: I I've i I've netted a few f- musky for Mark. One was like fifteen feet away mm. from the boat. I've I've netted, and a it was a debacle. And the other one was a uh, big, big, uh, decent size. fish, forty-one inch fish, and that was easy peasy.
0: It went just like clockwork, like it was supposed to. I netted that one for Mark last year. That he lifted, he went to lift it up to bring it over to the net, and the fly just popped right out of its mouth, and I like lunged and dove with the net and dug so deep underneath this fish and scooped straight up and i ended up getting her in the bag Wow, nice! she came off man and it was just like no
2: last this Yeah, yeah uh, stick away out there oh
0: he grabbed me by the back of my waders i was like getting ready to jump into water that was like five feet deep so dad i'm gonna put you on the spot man
1: or are you on our team or what you coming you coming to kentucky are you going to come musky fish I with gotta, us?
2: I got to see if I can get a kitchen pass.
1: <laughs> you have the vacation days. I mean, you have a cushy job now. You don't work with me anymore, right? That's just tell, that her, is just, true. Yeah. just tell
2: yeah. her you
0: got to go give an estimate. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's, a, it's business, right? Yeah, it's business. Yeah, it's
0: business. you can write off your mileage. <laughs> right,
2: right. Possible. Yeah,
1: it's possible. Well, it has to be possible by the end of uh, January, because uh, if you uh, all the people that want to get in this tournament. It, you better have it in by the end of January. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited because like Mark and Chad and I went uh, down to McMinnville, uh, to the Hardly Strictly, and this was quite a few. Remember we went down yeah. there? It was quite yeah, a few years it. ago, yeah, man. It yeah. was, and it was, a, it was quite an adventure. You know, I, I remember, uh, better off Raz than me, uh, because Mark and I, man, we got into it. Like we usually do, um, but had a great time and saw a ton, ton of big fish. And that was super cool. Like to go somewhere else, uh different part of the country, and to get to fish water that you don't or can't, you know, s- or don't usually see. It's, you know, six and a half, seven hours away, you know, per driving. And to get to see water that you don't always get to see. And that's that's, fun, you know, and you're you're trying to dissect it while you're there in just a couple days, and sometimes it can be real difficult, and sometimes you could kind of find something quick, and it works. Or you find, you know, maybe a fish, or you have a follow early, and you could find some kind of, okay, well, we found this one on some structure, maybe we should fish some structure, or uh, I'm not sure how the water even is there, but... You know, you find something early or this fish is at this off this drop. You know, we're at like um we're at like twelve foot, it drops from there. You know, like a, a ledge in a lake or a river you can find some kind of consistency on and see fish. Uh that that, c- that can really prove to help early in a tournament like that, you know? Uh
2: absolutely but
1: like going down there we were seeing um Seeing fish on structure was real big. You know, you're fishing every piece of structure down these um, smaller creeks or like veins to these rivers. I guess just creeks that were going into a giant river, something similar, right. almost like the Allegheny. Yeah. Um, but super, super cool and a lot of fun to try to you know like wrap your mind around or wrap your head around, you know, a different place that you don't get to see all the time. So, you know, and, like, taking your boat in new places is another thing that can get a little sketchy, you know, and scary in a situation that you don't know. Hey, I don't know the river. Oh, I've never been here, you it's know. A, it's All an right. anxiety in its own. Yeah. You know, knowing that, you know, you can't I mean, can't trailer, even,
0: just not even before you even get to putting it in the water. I mean, like. For example, like that. What? How many hours is the drive? Yeah, is that it was across?
1: about six and a half. Uh, and from a when half? I was
0: looking, yeah. Call it seven to be safe. Sure, sure. Because we're going to stop and pee I mean, and whatever. Yeah. That's that's a long trailer away from home. I mean, you got to be prepared in every area for that. And then you get on the water, and then you got to worry about being on the water with your boat and wondering, making sure you're all right. How deep are we? How deep are we? How deep are we? I mean, we're going to be in a river, so I mean, we got to keep an yeah. eye out.
1: The Again, like what I was talking about down in Tennessee, the river was, we had Mark's prop boat, and man, you could go up even these smaller creeks that were like these veins to the big rivers, and uh, it was just something else that, you know, you don't see here so much. Uh, hopefully, I i don't know the concentration of muskie there. Hopefully, it's high. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes it could be tough to catch muskie in Pennsylvania. Uh there's a lot of big fish. Obviously the beast proves it. There's you know, ton lots of fish and there's big fish, but some places have higher concentrations, so hopefully it does and, and it'll be a lot of fun. I'd like to see some fish. Um it'll be it'll be uh I can't imagine it being anything but a low and slow time of year. Oh yeah, you know, February. I mean it's winter. You're not gonna be, you know, two handing anything too crazy. I imagine something getting down. I I don't know something smaller. I don't think you're gonna be throwing doubles. I
0: guess we just gotta see what we got. I think got I think to you're work with, throw, with. Yeah, when we you get never there. know.
1: Who knows? It, it could be 75 and sunny, and and, and and and. Blue skies if in it's Kentucky, 70, hopefully, in, in February. If it's, I'm praying.
2: it Yeah, and it could be 33 degrees and uh, snow.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean That's it, what
2: I'm thinking it'll be. Who knows? I mean,
0: especially, I mean, I've never fished there. Have you ever fished that river before?
1: No, no. I've never fished anywhere in Kentucky, but I've been there, and it doesn't seem like it's much more warm. So, I mean, it doesn't th- seem like it's much more warm than Pennsylvania, to be honest.
0: I mean, who knows? We could get, like... A slightly deeper version of what we're used to up here, or it could be like you know a bigger river system where you know you got a lot of pools I mean they have locks, so I would imagine you're gonna have a lot of deeper pools, so I mean, who knows maybe bigger baits might be the way to go versus doing small stuff you just you don't
1: know until you get there, yeah, you don't know until you know um really looking forward to it um I'm not sure we haven't talked about food there yet, um. Sorry, excuse me. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks we'll be uh, preparing meals oh, I, I, and I,
0: I got back straps the, ready.
1: The preparation of all the food that is going to happen there is going to be totally incredible at our little cabin. Hope to see a lot of people. I think there, like you was talking about, there's going to be meetings every night. So, um, or what meeting Thursday and Saturday night or whatever, and then Sunday or whatever for the ceremonies or however it's going to work. Mm. Um, like I said, if you want to, all that information last week's podcast, um, any other than that, man, February 23rd to the 25th, the Kentucky river Muskie classic. Um, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, freeze your butts off Wear your good. Warm clothes or your, uh,
2: shorts and
1: yeah, shorts and sh- flip yep. flops. Weather yep. to yep. be yeah. a, and yep. Yep. yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, man, my Dallas Cowboys lost. Uh, yeah, I'm hurting inside here. Uh, I'm watching. Hopefully the hopefully the Lions win it all. Um, uh, what a terrible football season. Michigan wins the national title. Dallas goes out in the first round. Cincinnati's nowhere to be found. Uh, and Pittsburgh still is alive tomorrow, hopefully. Let's go Buffalo. To all of our uh, buddies up in uh, up in the Buffalo area, Torgy and Evans, let's go Buffalo. Yeah, I'll root for right, your Buffalo yeah. Bills right. Since everybody else is out. Buffalo Bills, Detroit Lions. That's what I want to see in the, the Super Bowl.
2: There you
1: go. Uh, on that note, hey, everybody have a good night. Um, we are brought to you
2: by Sims Fishing, A-Rex Hooks, Cortland Lions, and Yeti
0: friends of the show we got ryan evans at queen city guiding michael davis at down to earth wealth management thomas shank chippewa river custom rods our friends over at muskie fool and the nittany valley muskie alliance good night folks